Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show. That was Aretha Franklin and George Michael from the late 1980s. I knew you were waiting for me, and I have to take inspiration from that song because uh, my valley was pretty low this week at the World Series. I will talk about what happened to me near the beginning of the show. It's been a very uh, difficult start in some ways to the World Series of Poker for me in 2016. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. I'm broadcasting live from a very, very secret location in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, you may say, oh, that's not secret. It's the Rio. And you may even be inclined to call up the Rio, as people like to do when I'm on the air from a secret location, and make the phone ring in the background. But I dare you. I dare you to call up the Rio. I'll give you the phone number. It's 702-777-7777. 702 and all sevens after that. Feel free to call up and ask for my room, and you will not find me, because I'm not there. This is a secret location. I'm not at the Rio. Now, 
Brandon, you may wonder where he is. Brandon is unavailable for this exact moment, but he is going to be on the show tonight. He's going to come on through his Skype on his phone, and we'll see how that will work. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, then uh, we'll have to find some other way. He probably won't be as interactive tonight on the radio as he usually is because he's not at home, but uh, he'll be here. And a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. The World Series is right around the midpoint. So we're right in the thick of things here. And whenever we're at this point in mid-June, there's a lot to talk about. And this year is no exception. I have personal things to talk about, and I have just general World Series things to talk about. If you are catching the show, which is being broadcast live at 10.40 p.m., Pacific Time on June 19th, Sunday, Father's Day, then I commend you for being available to listen at this time. I realize our live audience will not be very large tonight, and for that reason, once again, we are not having a free roll, simply because, uh, number one, the time of the show was not announced until just before the show, and number two, the off hour, just we get a very poor showing, so we don't want to waste the free roll donations on that sort of crowd. But if you're here, I'm glad you're listening. I see the ratings are slowly creeping up here, and I, I don't have much expectation tonight for the live ratings since we're broadcasting at this weird and really unannounced time. The reason it was unannounced, we were planning it for Sunday, but uh, we weren't sure when because we, we had some things to do during the day. We also didn't want to miss the exciting Game 7 of the NBA Finals, which took place today. And uh, this is really the only time we could fit it in. And also, this is not going to be an eight-hour show. I know some of you have missed radio because we haven't been on for ten days. We're probably hoping to get another eight hours, but you're not going to get it. Why? Because I have an event tomorrow at 11 in the morning. And I have some things to do in the morning before that, too. So, simply put, I need to sleep. So I'm not going to be on here till 5 a.m. or anything. It's going to be like a four-hour show maximum, maybe not even that. So, you know, it's either this or nothing. And that's the way it is during the World Series. This year, it's particularly difficult to broadcast during the World Series because I have something going on just about every day, making it impossible to do radio. So, give you a little intro to the show, and then we'll get going. Can't take an hour on the intro today, otherwise we won't have time to do the show. If you want to call into the show, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55. That's 775 372 8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an, an old 70s rotary telephone that sits on top of Mount Charleston in the Las Vegas area. You can drive there about 40 minutes away. Nice place to go to tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going to be 114 degrees high in Las Vegas. If you drive up to Mount Charleston, the high will probably be about 80, maybe even 75. It's it's typically a 30-degree or more difference between Las Vegas and Mount Charleston. So that's a nice place to go visit if you want to get away from the heat and the desert of Vegas. You go there, it's, it's just mountain scenery. You go there in the winter, you'll see snow. You go there in the summer, you won't see any snow, but you will see uh, pine trees and uh, mountain scenery. You will not feel like you're anywhere near Las Vegas. It's strange. It's only like 45 minutes away by car. 
But I have a phone there. It sits on top of Mount Charleston, and it forwards to wherever I go. 702-430-1808 is that phone number. Either phone number can reach the show. You always have to show your caller ID when you call in, or you won't get through. If you want to text me during the show, you can. That phone number is 775-372-8355. Same as the main phone number. 775-372-8355 is the text phone number to the show and also the number to call the show. If you want to text Brandon during the show or any time, you can text either of these numbers any time and we will answer you. These are not just show-only phone numbers. You can actually text them Anytime, 24 hours a day, and you'll get a response. So Brandon's text number is 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436. Of course, we have the call-to-listen line. The call-to-listen line is a phone number which you can call to listen to the show live or to listen to our streaming reruns when we're not live. You don't need a data plan. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the Internet You don't need anything except for a phone that dials. You really can use an old 1970s rotary telephone to listen to this show through the call-to-listen line. Also, do you not want to waste your data on your data plan? Because I'll be honest, this is going to waste a lot of data if you're using your data plan. You can use the call-to-listen line. It will not even cost you a single byte of data. Also, are you tired of the show buffering because your internet connection isn't very good? Maybe you're driving... Maybe you just don't have very good internet where you are. Are you just tired of buffering, pausing? Don't you just wish you could listen to something that'll just blast through and not have any kind of trouble? The call to listen line will not have any trouble. 712-775-8162. You just call it and you listen and it plays and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Tens of thousands of minutes are listened to on that line every month. Not kidding. And it can accommodate a very large number of people on it. So it's never going to be busy. If you're forgetting any of these phone numbers I'm giving, no problem. Just go to the radio thread in the Flying Stupidity Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com, and you'll see all these phone numbers. If you want the call-to-listen line phone number, that's also in the radio area of PokerFraudAlert. Just go to PokerFraudAlert.com and click on the radio button near the top of the screen, and you'll see the call-to-listen line phone number right there. Remember, we do stream... Reruns, randomly selected reruns by the computer from our library of almost 200 shows, and they stream as if they're live. So whenever we're not on the air actually live, you'll hear streaming reruns, either on the call to listen line or you can just go to the radio tab of Poker Fraud Alert and you will hear them there. You can also listen on the TuneIn app. Now, speaking of that, the TuneIn app can also be used for listening to our archives, as can Stitcher, another app that you can use from your smartphone. A lot of ways to listen. Of course, we're on iTunes. Of course, you can download the MP3s directly from our site. All this can be found from the radio tab. There are so many ways to listen to this show. So many ways to listen. There's probably more ways to listen to this show than any radio show, terrestrial, internet, satellite, any kind of show you can imagine. I give you the most options to listen. The most. Because I don't want you to have any difficulty hearing this show if you want to hear it. If you want to chat in our chat room, you need a validated and good standing account on the Poker Fraud Alert forum. You also need a flash-enabled device, meaning no iPhones or iPads, but you click the chat button at the top of the screen, go in there, and you can talk to people while the show is broadcasting live. I don't read the chat that much because I am doing the show. It's just too hard to do too many things at once. But I'll read it right now. 
Tbuck27 saying Druff auditioning to be the new Sham Wow guy. Snake in the ass says All American Dave should send an obese male to deliver any food ordered by Brandon, a sweaty 500 pound black man. So I'll get to what he's talking about a bit later in the show when Brandon comes on. Brandon had a controversy with All American Dave's food delivery service at the World Series. He was on the right, though. And uh, let's see. FTP Jesus saying it was 118 here today, referring to where he lives in Phoenix, Arizona, 120 degrees in Yuma, Arizona, even in Flagstaff, which is in the mountains in Arizona, it was 92. 116 forecasted for Phoenix tomorrow. So yeah, Arizona is a tough place to be in the summer, especially during heat waves. Even L.A. is hot today. Uh, Parts of L.A. were 106, 108 degrees today. So just uh, in the southwest U.S., it's just a hot day. Fortunately, I'm sitting in an air-conditioned room, so I'm not hot. Here is the agenda for this week. Mostly World Series topics, so if you don't want to hear about the World Series, you pick the wrong show to listen to. It's almost all World Series this week. Drexel and I both started the World Series. He started before I did, but he's played five events. I have played three events. For Brandon, there's not that much of a story. He is unfortunately uh, not off to the best start at the World Series. He has played five events. He has cashed in 0.0. And yeah, that happens. Uh, I, I've watched some of his play. He's, he's not playing like a fish. You know, you know how these events are, though. You know how tournaments are. You can just run cold. You don't get the cards, and you're out. So that's what's happened to him, five frustrating events. For me, even though I have cashed, out of my three events. That's the good news. The bad news is I had a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache. I had moments where I felt like I was on the top of the world and I was going to win events and I was going to get to final tables. And then it slipped through my fingers like a fistful of sand. I will tell you what happened to me in not one but two events. That will be our first topic. Our second topic, if Brandon joins the show by then, otherwise we'll delay it, will be uh, Brandon had a bad experience with All-American Dave, which is a food delivery service. They make healthy, good food for World Series players. They're stationed right outside the World Series, like in the break area outside where a lot of people go to smoke at the Rio in the back. That's where they're stationed, and they can deliver food right to your table. And a lot of people like them. They're very overpriced, I'll say that, but uh, a lot of people like them because the food is both tasty and healthy. That's universally agreed. People don't love the prices, but you know, you gotta, you're at the World Series, you're not going to get anything cheap. But anyway, Brandon had a controversy involving an all-American Dave server who was mad at him related to tipping and interrupted him during a hand. For those of you saying, oh, what's a big deal? That's a huge deal. Casino employees are trained never to interrupt players during a hand. Not in the casino, not in poker. They're supposed to wait until the hand plays out, and then whatever they need to say, they're supposed to say. Now, I guess if it's something super urgent or important, fine. But to be bitter about the tip you received and the way the whole thing went down and to hassle the person at the table and berate them in the middle of a hand at the World Series is unbelievable. And that happened... At All-American Dave's, we'll have Brandon tell his story, and fortunately it had 
a happy ending. So we did have resolution to it, but you guys should hear the whole story and how Brandon actually caused some change at All-American Dave regarding their policies. Jason Mercier, he's having an amazing World Series of Poker. He's already won two bracelets this year. He came in second in another event. I think we know who's going to be player of the year, though I think Ian Johns might be uh, giving him a run for his money. He's about He may win a, a bracelet tonight as well. He's heads up for a bracelet right now. But uh, Jason Mercier is the story because he had a bet with Vanessa Selbst where Vanessa Selbst bet $10,000 versus $1.8 million that Mercier could not win three bracelets this year. Well, he's already almost done it, and the World Series isn't even half over. He's already won two bracelets, almost won a third. So this guy's just amazing. Vanessa was in a panic, but uh, I think she's gotten out of the situation. So we'll talk about what was going on with Jason Mercier and his her cr- stupid and crazy bet with little upside and huge downside. She could lose up to $2 million or close to $2 million to Jason Mercier, and he's already won a fortune in bracelet bets. Way more than he's won at these events that he's won. Speaking of million dollars, there's a Millionaire Maker event that already took place. I, I've played it in previous years. I've cashed once. Relatively new event. The Millionaire Maker was a successful event, and still is, where for a $1,500 buy-in, the winner is guaranteed... One million dollars. So that's that's the big draw, is that uh, you come, you pay your $1,500, and you know if you win it, you're going to be a millionaire. You know if you win it, a million dollars is yours. You don't have to worry about a, a flat prize pool and any crap like that. You, you get a million if you win, minimum. And it's been that way for a few years since they first had it. I think it's uh, I think the event's been going for four years, three or four years. Well, this year, they had it, and they had an idea. They said, look, we're getting more and more players each year at the World Series. Instead of guaranteeing just $1 million prize, how about we also guarantee that second place gets a minimum of... $1 million. Well, that's well and good. Unless you don't quite get the numbers you were expecting. And then who suffers? Well, the people at the final table with a really, really, really weird prize pool, which we will talk about in that segment. Controversy ensues as players discover at the 10K No Limit Heads Up event, which has already taken place, that it was double raked. We'll talk about what happened there and what the World Series plans to do about it, if any. There are not many out gay poker players, especially gay male poker players. There's very few. Jason Somerville is the best-known one. But beyond him, how many out gay male poker players can you think of? Probably not very many. Well, one who's not as famous as Jason Somerville, but is having a great summer, is Ryan LaPlante. Ryan LaPlante won a bracelet. And Ryan LaPlante has also cashed eight times at the World Series of Poker already in 2016. Eight times! Ryan LaPlante also used to listen to this show religiously. I met him two years ago. He happened to be sitting next to me at an event I was playing, he introduced himself and said, I love your show, I love what you do, I listen every single week. So he was a big lover of this show, and for whatever reason, he doesn't listen anymore. So, of course, when he wins the bracelet and gets publicity, then he's not 
involved with the show anymore. But uh, anyway, I'm going to play his emotional speech after he won the bracelet. Usually I don't like when people make speeches after they win bracelets, especially if the speeches are not about poker. But he made a good speech, and he had good reason to make it because he won his bracelet on the same night when Omar Mateen targeted a gay nightclub in Orlando and killed 49 people and injured 53 others. So Ryan LaPlante, being gay himself, made a speech related to that and about being an out gay poker player. I'll play that speech, give you some thoughts about Ryan LaPlante himself, tell you about my experience playing him and some heartache he delivered to me just a few days ago. And I'm not talking about a gay heartache. I didn't have a crush on him. A poker heartache. Some of you have probably noticed or have heard on this show that you cannot read updates on the WSOP.com site for the World Series without logging in through your Facebook or Google Plus and then getting spammed by them for their stupid social media games. There are ways around it, and I thank Cal Watt, who's sometimes a co-host with us, for figuring out those ways. But but to be honest, and, and no offense to Cal Watt, who's uh, came up with some very clever and uh, smart ways to get around it, uh, these ways are not very easy for people who are not technical. So I have figured out just very simple ways on your PC and on your smart device how to read the updates without something that even... Uh, a technical moron could do. Someone who, who's horrible with computers and, and technology could still use these methods to get around it, so I'll tell you what they are. Final World Series topic. I know we talked about it last year, but it's, it's still pissing me off. Late registration. I believe the late registration policy at the World Series of Poker is providing a big edge to deep-pocketed poker players who don't have their heart set on winning a particular event, but are just just want to fire on a lot of events, get deep, run up a lot of caches, and win bracelets. I think for those players, they have a big edge by registering as late as possible. I'll talk about that. I know Brandon agrees with me. We're going to talk with him if he's there as well. And uh, I think it's a shameful situation. Uh, they probably won't listen to me because I... I'll tell you, the World Series, they, they're responsive to me when I ask them questions. They note our opinion, and... They don't want to... They understand this show has has a nice following. You know, probably 1,500 listeners or so when I looked at the ratings last. So they know we have a following. They know we have influence. So they actually don't like when we criticize them on this show. But at the same time, uh, I can't tell them what to do. When, whenever I give them suggestions, I, I pretty much get shot down. The, the only suggestion they took from me and others gave it as well, it wasn't just my suggestion, was to increase the number of limit events when they only had two limit hold'em events one particular year, and then they went up to three again. So that's the only really thing they that's the only real thing they've listened to. Uh everything else that I've just pretty much gotten this is why we're doing it this way too bad. But I, I think I'm gonna fire off an email to Seth Polanski about the late registration thing, because it's just horrible. It's very, very unfair. It makes a mockery of the tournaments. I'll talk about that when we get to this part of the show. The Riviera Hotel, which is across the street from Circus Circus in Las Vegas, it is no longer. It has been destroyed. It was blown up. It wasn't a terrorist attack. It was intentionally blown up. It uh, was closed, and it was 
demolished. I'm going to give a clarification regarding status matching your total rewards tier level to your WSOP.com tier level. Some people believed, partially because I said so on the show, that whatever your total rewards tier level is, you could just email WSOP support and they will match that status on WSOP.com. Turns out, no, that's not really the case. It's, it's only partially the case, and they weren't very clear about this initially. It wasn't my fault for not knowing the whole policy, but I learned from another person who listened to this show that that's not quite the policy because they had it happen to them where they did not get matched. So I'll tell you the exact policy with WSOP.com and the status match and why you may want to wait to sign up for that until you play a little bit at Caesars, if you do play at Caesars. So I'll explain it when we get there. An internet poker bill to bring legalized online poker has passed the Senate in New York State by a very, very wide margin. Yeah. But don't get ready to play legalized online poker in New York State because it is now stalled in the assembly. I'll tell you what's going on there and what your chances are of playing legalized online poker in New York, which is the second most populous state, anytime soon. No general topic scheduled tonight. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the wild game today between Golden State and Cleveland, where Cleveland was victorious, but we probably won't have time because there's a number of things to talk about and we don't have that much time on this program with all the topics we need to discuss. So let me just jump right in. No free roll this week, by the way. No free roll. I already mentioned that, but just want to say it again. So my World Series started late. Brandon was playing pretty early from near the beginning. He didn't play Colossus, but he played a, an event shortly after that. And He's played five events scattered throughout the World Series so far, including one with me, or two with me. He played the uh, 1500... Uh, Limit Hold'em with me and the 1500 Omaha 8 or better with me and uh, did not catch in either one and didn't come that close. But I faced uh, a lot of stress in the events I played. My first event was on June 14th, the $1,500 buy-in Limit Hold'em. That was my very first World Series event this year and my very first one ever 11 years ago. On a whim, I entered it in June of 2005. I finished in third place. That was the one where I spun a seat cover on TV and finished third behind uh, Eric Froelich, who won, and some other guy who finished second. I don't remember his name anymore. He's not really in poker anymore. Then I, I went on and played my next tournament a month later, the $3,000 buy-in limit hold'em, and I won it. It's a pretty good start. I've just never matched that since then, in the 11 years since then. Been waiting. It hasn't happened for me. But whenever I, I come to these limit hold'em events, I'm always excited because that's my best game in poker. And I think I have a, a big edge on the field, especially at the 1500. And I, I always have high hopes. So... The 1500 started off pretty badly. I'm losing every hand. You start with 7,500 in chips. Very quickly, I'm cut down to half my stack. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a disaster. And in these limit hold'em events, if you just lose hands, if you just don't get cards, then you there's nothing you can do. It's not like no limit. You can bluff your way through it. You, you can't do it in limit. In limit, if you're you're not getting the cards, you're just not going to win. So I thought, well, 
Bad start, but then I started to turn around. This was a very, very stressful event because I went on these mini hot streaks where I would win a bunch of chips in a row, a bunch of pots in a row, start to run up towards the chip lead. And before I can even breathe and sit back and enjoy it and say, ah, this is nice. I got all these chips. Look at all these nice chips I have. Boy, this is a nice event so far for me. Nope. Immediately, I'm in a few more hands and lose it right back. Like, bang, lose it right back. However, once I'd lose it right back, then the bleeding would stop, and I would slowly run up again. And I'd start to bring my stack back up to respectability. Then I'd get on another hot streak, then I'd have a big stack, and then I'd immediately lose again. And this happened over and 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 over again in that event. I mean, go read it. You can go look at uh, the world, the 2016 World Series of Poker Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com. Go to that event, the $1,500 limit hold'em on June 14th. You'll see a list of all my tweets there. You will see the ups and downs there. You will see how quickly, and you can see there's a timestamp on there for each post. You can see how quickly I would go from running it up to immediately dropping back down. And it wasn't because I was spewing. It wasn't because I was playing recklessly because I got a lot of chips. I just... I'd run it up, then I'd get dealt a playable hand, I'd play it, and I'd lose. Get another playable hand, play it, lose. So the only good thing was I wasn't busting. When I would run back down, it would stop, and then I'd start moving back up. Well, remember, they only they pay 15% of the field this year, not 10%, which I've still got to adjust to. I, I'm, still like, I'm still like in the mindset of the 10%, even though I, I know it's 15 And there's actually a, different in, a difference in strategy with that, because... When they're only paying 10%, uh, it's more important to run up chips fast because, you, you know, you need a lot of chips to get that far. And if you don't make the top 10%, you get nothing. So going out at with 11% of the field left versus 100% of the field left is the same thing. You get zero. So it was important to run up chips. Not to say play recklessly, but... I, I kind of play in the mindset, and I've, I've, I'm going to fix this, because this is the first year they're doing it. I'm just not used to it. Uh, but the mindset's got to be different, because you cash earlier now. You don't you don't need to run up as much. And it's not just a matter of booking a min cash. It's also a matter of when everybody else books a min cash, all the short stacks start shoving their chips in recklessly. So you can pick up a lot of chips at that point. So that happens earlier now. It happens at the 15% mark instead of the 10% mark. It's a big difference. So anyway, getting back to the 1500, that wasn't really my problem, though. Uh, I, I was still just, I was running up and running down very quickly just because of the hands I was dealt, the way the table's playing out. Now, I will say the table I was at, I got moved around a few times, but the table I was at for a lot of the time as I got deeper in the event was a good table. I, I matched up well with the people there. There were a number of amateurs at that table. Uh, I had a very good handle on that table. So I just thought, look, I've just got to stop having these these downswings, and I, I think I'm going to really kick ass here. Well, I did. And I ran up my my stack, which was 7,500 to start, went down to about 3,700 at the worst point, to 159K and change, almost 160K, like 159, 800, something like that. I looked at the... Updates and I saw that I had 100. Uh, you know that I was just about the top in chips, 
If I wasn't the top, I was very close to it. Like someone was listed as like 162. I, I was, you know, virtually tied for the chip lead at that point. And this was pretty deep in the event. This this wasn't like in the first hour. You know, you, you see, I've gone from 7500 to, to 160. That that's that's looking good. I mean, I, I can't uh, go book it as a win for the event. I, you know, there's a lot of poker left to be played, but I was feeling very good. I just won a huge pot. I tweeted out to my followers, you know, many of whom bought pieces of me. The uh, Poker Fraud Alert listeners and forum readers bought 40% of me in that event, which I appreciate. Very Sitting there very proud of myself. And then I heard the dreaded words, the words I just did not want to hear. Uh, we're going to need the big blind to get up and move to another table. Well, guess what, everybody? I was the big blind. Now you may say, who cares? So you move to another table. Dominate them over there, too. What's the problem? Well, first of all, it was a good table I was on. I didn't want to lose that. Second, I knew everybody. Like, I was used to... I was locked into the table. I knew everyone's play style there. I knew how to handle everybody there. I didn't want to learn all the new people. And they had to learn me, too, but I, I was comfortable where I was. I didn't want to move. I had no choice, but I didn't want to move. But also, it brought back a memory from 2015. In 2015... I also had an event, a Limit Hold'em event, where I was running up and down all the time. And that was the 3K6 Max. And I was at a table, which, despite the fact having Ronnie Barda at it, which, you know, he has six people, having him as one of the other uh, five is, is not my favorite. But, but the others at the table were not good. And me and Ronnie were dominating. And... Uh, you know, he even told me on break, wow, we're at a great table. <laughs> we were, we're going to kill these people. And we were. We were killing the people there. We weren't colluding or anything. I'm just saying we, we just were saying in a break to each other, you know, we're, we're the only two good people at this table. So uh, they moved me, and I just got clobbered, and I lost every chip I didn't even cash. I, I came very close to cashing, but I, 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 and I was furious. Like, I, there was nothing I could do, but I was moved to a tough table, and I ran bad there, too. So I was like... I, so as I stood up, I told everybody at my, my old table where as I was leaving. I said, well, this is it for me. I said, I, I know this is negative thinking, but I said, this is going to be just like last year. Last year they moved me. I was doing really well just like this. And, and I chunked it all off really fast, and, uh, and I was out of the event. I, this is going to be 2015 all over. Well, at the table, I go, no, this doesn't have to happen again. I go, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like getting moved tables. I don't like getting moved tables when things are going well. So I picked up my stuff. I'm walking over there, and I'm thinking, okay, this is stupid. You know, I, don't, I just because it happened last year, it, it doesn't have to happen this year. That's that's superstitious nonsense. I mean, yeah, I, I'd much rather stay, but it doesn't have to go this way. So I'm walking over. I go, I'm going to sit down at that new table. This is only a 1500 event. I'm sure I'm sure I'm better than all or most of the people at that table. Because you know, limit hold is my game. I've been playing this for 15 years, for more than 15 years, every day. You know, so. A lot of these are casual players. So go, this isn't the 10K event where you've got a re- lot of really tough guys there. This is the 1500. I go, I'm going to move there. I'm still going to be one of the top players at the table, if not the top. I, I, no problem. I've got a lot of chips. I'm, I'm not going to let this happen. I sit down. Um, I fold my big blind. Comes to my small blind. Pocket aces. I go, ho, ho, ho. This is the, this is not going to stop for me. Okay. I raise the aces. 
By the way, it folded to me. So I raise the aces. Big blind. Calls. Flop is all diamonds. Ten high. Not ten high. I think jack high. It's jack high. Jack high, all diamonds. I got the ace of diamonds. <laughs> I've got it. It's like, I don't know, jack, four, two, all diamonds. I mean, I've got it. I've got the overpair and the diamond draw. The best possible diamond draw. How am I going to lose? I bet. He calls. The turn is an offsuited queen. I go, that's a nice card, too. Maybe he hit a queen. So I pulled one of my favorite moves. I checked. I was going to check raise and pretending like I had nothing. Of course, he doesn't know I have aces. I'm pretending like I could have just raised with garbage or raised with, and now I have ace high or something. I'm just going to, I go, okay, check. He bets. I go, ha ha, trapped him. Check raised him. Feeling so great. Then I didn't feel so great when he three bet me. I said, oh my God, the guy flopped a flush. I said, well, okay, I can, I can still catch him. Just got to get a diamond. I called. River was a blank. No diamond. I check. He bets. I call. He rolls over 10-8 of diamonds. He flopped the flush. I lose. And I had that sinking feeling. It's 2015 all over again. I didn't tilt off my money. Don't worry. If you, if you backed me in this, don't worry. I, I didn't tilt off the money at that point. I remained calm. I played good hands. But every hand was a cooler. I had king-queen, played that. Flopped top pair with queen. Unfortunately, I was against pocket kings. I ran into so many good hands. And with an hour of play, and I say of play, I don't mean a full hour, I, but like more than an hour because there was a break in between, like a 15-minute break. But uh, subtracting the break in about exactly an hour of play, I went from almost 160k in chips, 159k in change, to 0.0. I was out. I did cash. I finished in 40th out of uh, 665 entrants. So that's easily a cash. Even if they were only paying 10%, it would have easily been a cash. Got $3,700, but that's not what I wanted. I wanted to win. I wanted to final table at least. I just got crushed. Every hand I played at that new table, I always had second best. No matter how good it looked, I always had second best. The final hand was a heartbreak, too. I was just dwindling down, but I still had enough chips to where if I doubled up, I would... Yeah, I wasn't crippled. If I doubled up, I'd be not average, but I'd have uh, close to average if I doubled up. Folded to me late position. I have pocket jacks. I go, sweet. I'll be happy to go in with this one. I raise. Folds to Ryan LaPlante. And he three bets from the small blind. I four bet. He calls. The flop is nine seven four. And we raise each other until I'm all in. Before he turned his hand over, I said, I don't know. I don't know if I like being up against the guy who's already cashed seven times this World Series, which he had. He had won a bracelet and cashed six other times already by June 14th. Sick. He, he had played nine events. He had cashed seven of them. And this was his tenth event. Or sorry, sorry. This was the seventh. This was the ninth event. He cashed seven. We'd already cashed by that point. So I said, I don't know if I like going up against the guy all in, no matter what he has, who's been so lucky he's cashed seven times. I said that to him. 
And he, he turned over eights. Pretty good, right? I've got jacks. He's got eights. Nine, seven, four. Rainbow's the board. Remember, this is the openly gay player who won the bracelet. Someone pointed out that he's a member of the gay poker group known as Rainbow Flops. And that up against him, I had a rainbow flop. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't write that, right? So, 9-7-4. He has eights. I have jacks. Turn is a six. I go, oh, my God, I see where this is going. Of course, the river is a ten. He makes the straight. Runner, runner. I'm gone. 40th place, I'm out. Very disappointing. An hour of play after having first or second chip lead in the event, and I'm gone. Busting to a runner-runner straight. So, I shook it off. I was disappointed. I'll tell you I was disappointed, but I shook it off. It didn't devastate me. I said, well, there's nothing I could do. What am I going to do? I, <laughs> you know... If I could have seen he had pocket eights, I would have done the exact same thing. Like, uh, yeah, if I could have seen his hands uh, gray cat style, I would have done this. Not if I could see the end result, but you know, like uh, I made the right move. I made the right move with a lot of these. With the aces, I made the right move. Who knew that I f- was up against a flop flush? I mean, these were just bad cards. I couldn't do anything. The, the deck smacked me out. It sucks, but I can't blame myself. Nothing wrong. So that's the way it fell. Alrighty. So I went to go play my. Second event, which was the uh, the following day. By the way, I, I already made day uh, I made day two of the limit of the fifteen hundred limit. This was over two days. All this happened. Next day, I went to go play the 08 event, my first ever non hold'em event. I I studied up for it. I wasn't one of these idiots who doesn't know how to play the game and just shows up and hopes to get lucky or takes a crash course for about half an hour beforehand. If you guys remember uh, Johnny Bax, he actually won a stud event that way, where he took like a half an hour crash course on how to play stud and won a World Series event, which kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing, to be honest. <laughs> but this was many years ago. But anyway, I didn't do that with Omaha. I've been, I read a book. I've been practicing on Bovada at the uh, full ring games because I wanted the closest simulation to a World Series experience as I could. And I will say, even though I didn't get anywhere in the event, I, I never rolled up that much chips, and I busted way before the money, way before even the end of day one. I probably busted with about uh, 60% of the field left. So I wasn't one of the first ones out, but I, I wasn't anywhere near cashing. But I, I was proud of my play. I, I felt very comfortable there. Uh, I even got a compliment from someone who had no idea this was my first event, saying that you know uh, that you know, he could see that I play well or something like that. So... I was surprised at how poor the play was at this event. There were a lot of people who just had no clue about Omaha. Like, they knew how to read the board and everything. They understood the game, but they didn't understand the correct strategy. They were they were playing all kinds of trash hands that would get you in horrible trouble in Omaha. Just, just hands which are always going to come up second or third best, and you're going to feel trapped in. But they, they were doing it. And... It was weird because I'm sitting there at the Omaha game. And go, it, like, I'm going, look, I, I just learned this game a few months ago, and I'm not one of the best players at it, but I, I feel like I'm the best one at this table at, the, at Omaha, which is strange. Like, it's one thing that Limit Hold'em feel that way, but in Omaha I was feeling that. I wasn't feeling like in the whole event I was the best player, but I was feeling like in that, that table I was actually the best Omaha player, which 
made me feel good. But it, it didn't translate to results. I, I just I was dealt very few good starting hands, and the ones I played were just missing. So, you know, I, I again, it's still disappointing, but I'm not expecting to cash every event I play. And I was happy with my play. It just the cards didn't fall for me. No big deal. Brandon, uh, Brandon had a tougher event with that because he went all the way down to 400 chips and ran it all the way back to 14,000, and then just got bad beat all over the place and knocked out. I didn't really get bad beat. I just wasn't hitting hands. So it's kind of a uh, the event itself was very unexciting for me in that I didn't have a lot of run ups and run downs or bad beats or like it was just not hitting hands. You know. Win a pot here and there, but the, for the most part, lose, 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 I'm gone. So, that happens. But then came the 10K. The 10K limit hold'em. That was the event I really wanted. I finished fifth in that event when it was a 5K three years ago. I really, really wanted to win that event, or at least final table it. That's the most prestigious limit event, limit hold'em event that's out there. Anywhere in the world A lot of really good players in it Also some recreational players who enter Who have no shot That's why there is value in it It's not just me and the all-stars It's uh, me, the all-stars, and some fish The first problem I sit down at my table And I'm not very happy with who I see David Chu is at my table He is the number one all-time limit hold'em World Series of Poker casher Seems to End up at the final table every year in this event I mean this guy is just a beast in the game He's He is the best World Series of Poker Limit Hold'em player, period There's no question, he's the best one I mean it's amazing how this, The results this guy gets Very underrated player overall, David Chu So I get him David Benjamin right next to him I see Eric Froelich Who won the 1500 Limit Hold'em event And has two bracelets He was there I see Brandon Wittemeyer, who uh, won a no-limit bracelet in an event that I finished 40th in last year. And he's played Limit Hold'em for a long time, too. I know him. Uh, and and uh, so I'm just looking. I'm going, this, this sucks. There's just too many good players here. Well, it got worse. Eventually, and when I say eventually, I don't mean by the end. I mean kind of by the middle of the day. They moved Froelich out of there. But this was we had seven, seven out of the eight people there were bracelet winners. At my freaking table, eight people, seven of them were bracelet winners. And of those seven, including me, four were multiple bracelet winners, which I am not. So of those six other guys, four were multiple bracelet winners. Who else did I have at this point? Well, this is the lineup I had at this point. I had David Chu, David Benjamin. Mark Radoja, who has uh, two bracelets. He's from Canada. Brock Parker, who has two bracelets. Excellent limit player. Excellent tournament player. He had position on me, too, which is lovely. Uh, still had uh, Brandon Wittemeyer there. And, uh, oh, Ray Decker Gani was at our table at one point, too, but he got moved. I mean, it's, it's so sick. Like, these are all great players. Uh, I had a, a non-bracelet winner Kenny Shea was at the table But he has $3.4 million In lifetime caches And is known as a very good limit player And he was So it was just insane 
It was insane. At at, at one point, I also had uh, Samuel Goldblift at my table, who's known as Burns Abray online, another excellent limit holder player. Talk about no dead money. I mean, these these were all excellent players I'm up against with 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 amazing success in their World Series careers. So I thought, shit. I mean, I, I know there's gonna be tough people here, but this this is ridiculous. They'd move off a good player and bring another. You know, they'd move off Ray Decargani and and Eric Froelich, and they bring in Brock Parker, and they bring in uh, Mark Radoja. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I wanted off that table. I wasn't expecting a table full of eight fish, but I, I was expecting nothing like that. I've never seen anything like this before. It's not like I've got bracelet winners all around me, but half of them are no-limit bracelet winners who don't know how to play limit hold'em. These were bracelet winners who are good at limit hold'em. So I said, all right, well, I'm not going to let this intimidate me. It's not like I'm a bad player. It's not like I'm a fish. I play limit hold'em every day. I can hang, hang with these guys. And I did. I ran up my stack, which starts at 50,000, 50, 0, to 167,000 after flopping a flush with Queen 10 of Spades. That was my pinnacle there was when I had Queen 10 of Spades. Flop came all ace high, all spades. I was up against ace king with the king of spades. And uh, I won a big pot up to 167 and change. Very next hand. Oh, Eric Seidel was the other one. I forgot him, too. Eric Seidel was at the table. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Eric Seidel, David Chu, David Benjamin, Mark Radoja, Brock Parker, Brandon Wittemeyer, who run a, won a bracelet last year and played Limit Holden for a long time, Kenny Shea, not a bracelet winner, but a great player. Eric Seidel, I mean, what, what, what the hell am I supposed to do there? But I had 167K. Then I got Del Jack 10, raised it, got three bet by Eric Seidel, bricked the flop, check folded. I had 159 something. And that's when I tweeted out I have 159 something. And I thought, hmm, 159 something. I remember that number from two days ago. I had that at the Limit Hold'em event. I tweeted that out to everybody, and then I lost all my chips really fast. That would suck if that happened again. But no, just because that happened two days ago. That doesn't mean it's going to happen here. Wrong. It did. I was losing every single freaking hand I was playing. Could not win. Missed draws everywhere. Coolers everywhere. I quickly dwindled all the way down to 39.5K, less than starting stack. I thought, wow, all those chips I won, I've got not only just the starting stack, but 10K less than that. In fact, the blinds have gone up high enough by this point that I, I can't even complete a hand, probably. It's a, you know, this whole 39.5K, it sounds like a lot, but if I play a hand with a lot of raising, I won't even get to the river. Then I was dealt Queen 8 of Hearts. I open-raised it. I got three bet, I think, by Eric Seidel. Yeah, it was Eric Seidel. And a new guy at the table, some Asian guy I didn't recognize, with a stack not much bigger than mine. Four bet. I called and prayed. 
I've got to call a queen, queen eight offsuit. I would let go. Queen eight suited at this point. I've you know with this much committed, I got to take a chance and hope I flop something. It's not just check fold. Eric Seidel called. I called. The flop is king queen eight, and I go. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna get some chips back. Oh. So me and the Asian kid kept raising each other. Eric Seidel bailed out. Just hoping not to see kings, queens, or eights, but to be honest, you know, or king-queen. But I, I didn't think this guy was forbidding with king-queen, especially not with his stack. So it really going to be kings, queens, or eights, and I had, I had a queen and an eight, so really kings is the only thing I was afraid of. Otherwise, I thought I'm ahead. So I felt pretty confident. I put all his chips in on the flop and on the turn, which is a meaningless three. So we got all our chips in, and he flipped over what I thought he had, pocket aces. Great, I 82% chance to win. 98,000 chip pot. Had I won that, I would have been average decked. All I had to do is fade an ace, a king, or a three. The river, a three. I don't know about the rest of you, but do you ever have a moment when you're at a tournament and you're out, but you're kind of like, like right when you bust, you're kind of like in an alternate universe where you feel like you haven't busted. Like you're feeling like, wait, am I really out? Is this really over? Am I, am I like for a second you get confused and you think like maybe I'm still in. And like, I had that thought for a moment, like, like, wait, is this really it? Are my chips like really just all gone? And like a second later, yep, they're all gone. And I, I usually don't, like, whine at the table when I bust, but this I was so frustrated how fast I chunked this off, especially with what happened two days beforehand, the identical thing. I said, wow, I just run so bad. And I then I stood up and left. I, I never berated anyone for this. No one did anything wrong. The dude had aces. I mean, he did the right thing. I would do the same thing if I were him. But uh, just a shitty situation. So I was so depressed. And I was especially depressed when I saw the day ended and there were only 41 people left and 159K would have been like average stack. Or even like a little above. And I'm like, wow. 17 people cash in this. Like, with 41 left, I still would have had above average stack. Like, if I even if I didn't win chips for my peak, which had like four hours to play left in the day. And when I was peaked, I was, you know, I was like the chip leader. So I, I was so frustrated that not only didn't I cash, but I came so far from cashing despite having all these chips. And two days apart, I blew blew off uh, 160K in chips twice. So I was just, I, I, it was so depressing that I really wanted this event. It wasn't about the money. I just, I wanted this event. I wanted a good showing here and the money, but it was also, yeah, I wanted a good showing. So I, I went back to my room. I was really depressed. Um... Some people tried to call me. I didn't take their calls. And uh, I had trouble sleeping. I even had dreams about the event. It was, it was you know, it, it, it was depressing. It was very, the, the, the 1500, I was disappointed but not depressed. This one I was depressed with. Especially because it was on the heels of the other one. And uh, the next morning, I, I, you know, having a poor night of sleep, I woke up and I just thought, I'm, I'm just not up. I, I just can't. I was scheduled to play 11 a.m. 1500 no limit, my first no limit event of the year. And I said, I just can't do this. I'm not in the mindset to do it. And I promised everybody I'm not going to play because you know you guys paid for 40 percent of my 
buy-ins. I said, I'm not going to play if I don't feel either mentally or physically up to it. And I kind of didn't feel either. I felt tired from not being able to sleep well, and I felt mentally especially drained from this whole thing. So I said, I'm just going to skip it and refund everybody. So I skipped it, planning to play next on Monday, which would be tomorrow, the extended play, 1500, no limit. Even though it sounds like I'm still upset, I, I feel much better. And I'm, I'm ready to come out there and attack tomorrow and, and play my best game at the extended play, no limit, 90-minute levels, cashed in it last year. And uh, we have a gentleman on the line here who is not going to play this event tomorrow, but is going to continue playing at the World Series. Brandon Drexel-Gerson, hello. Todd, can you hear Can you hear me? Yeah. Is there an echo, or does it sound okay? No, it's echo. you sound a little distant, but other than that, I can even turn you up, I think. You sound a little distant, but other I'm than... I'm on location. Yeah, I know, he's on location. He's I'm, actually... I'm in... at, the, at the Wynn uh, Nighttime Date Beach Club. Right now, coming live. It's 80s night. You'd love it out here. Yeah, it's, I know. I, I wish I was there. You know, I, got, I can't carry this laptop around there. So it's, it's funny you haven't returned my call in two days. Now I hear from you. Are you still upset about the contest? Well, yeah, I'm still upset, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to do the show. In All fact, right. we we had people saying that because I didn't tweet anything about this show today, and I was kind of AWOL. Some people were saying that uh, I either committed suicide or I'm just going to be holed up and 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 yes. uh, away from everybody. To where I, I'm uh, just not going to do the show this week, and and you guys hear that I I'm here, I'm doing it, and uh, now what do you think? Maybe when the show's over, you want to come over to the encore win and, and hang out. It's '80s night here at the Beach Club. Well, if we if we finish early enough, perhaps, and then uh, and you got that summer of uh, Solis tomorrow. Yeah, that's the summer solstice event. I refuse to call it that. I call it the extended play. That's what it is. So. Okay, uh, so so anyway, Brandon, uh, I was just telling them about my depressing uh, series. I, I mentioned hold how you on, were... hold on one second. Jack on the rocks, please. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I was telling them about uh, you've had a depressing series too. About how the Omaha, you went down to 400 chips and then ran it up to 14,000 and then uh, yeah, lost it all be- with, with with awful players uh, beating you. Well, you were behind me for some of it. I was. I I, I walked up sometimes and watched Brandon play, and I was like, you know. I'm thinking, look, I know people will say, oh, Brandon's just making excuses. He probably sucks. That's probably why he's losing. No, like I'm watching him play the hand correctly, playing with a proper hand preflop, and then just losing the garbage on the river. I was watching it happen. Yep. It's been pretty brutal, buddy, but uh, that I totally, uh, no pun intended, have some solace for you because, I mean, you had a big stack early. You are playing great. It just went downhill. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough for anybody to deal with. Yeah, it, it, it sucked. And I was, uh, yeah. you know, I was, and, and, you know, and, and so I have one limit to hold them event left, the 3K 6 Max. And I play 6 Max all the freaking time on uh, on Bovada. And, uh, you know, I. And what it, about that, uh, that uh, WSOP site? How have those games been going for those that may want to know? Uh, not very well. Uh, they've. Uh, well, not, oh, I didn't mean really you. I just meant general, like, are they games? Yeah, they're not very good. It's, just, it's the same people over and over. It's crazy, oh. Mike and Butters and, and and Brad L and the other good players there for the most part. Yikes. Yeah, it's kind of sucks. I I took a shot at it last night and uh, kind of chunked off a few k, but mm. yeah, it happens. But anyway, uh, so but I play oh. so much six max on Bovada. I've done very well there. You know that's that's mainly I've been supporting myself. And and uh, oh look, I just ran into uh, you. Remember Lewis? Yes. He, uh, Matos. He did our PFA. Uh, he's here at the Beach Club. Hold on one second. Okay. He just wants to say hi. Okay. Here, buddy. We're on the radio show. Yo, what's up, Todd? Hello, Madison. So you're at the, the 80s Beach Club there with Brandon and I Oh, here. yeah. 
Lots of these EDM girls are out here tonight. I mean, they're all like after party. It's crazy. I'm surprised they were at an 80s thing. Yeah, they weren't even born then. These these EDM. Well, girls. Well, it's the older ones because it's 20 years of EDM. You know, so we got the 40 year old EDMers out here. The uh-huh. EDC, 20th year. So I don't know. It's just hardcore people out here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. If, uh, I haven't heard any music in a while here, but let's see. Oh, I'm hearing some music in the background. Okay, I guess they are playing some music. Okay, so, um, yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm glad to get a, anything you want to report here? Um, no, that's about it for now. We'll uh, touch back a little bit. How's it? I heard you're giving the Limit Hold'em update. Yeah, I am. People were predicting I'm going to talk about it for an hour, but I won't go quite that okay. long. Yeah. All right, taking the under. Okay. Yeah, that's a good bet at the under. Right good bet at the under, just like just like the okay. uh, the basketball game today. A good bet would be the under. Okay. Yeah, that was the bet. All righty. So uh, th- thank you, man. Right. Let's, let's talk to Brandon again. All right, here's Brandon. So uh, yeah, Matt. Oh, hold on. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I, I, I hear the music. I hear the music in the background there. Yeah, yeah. It's the '80s night. Yep. We. Yeah, you can hear it. We uh, before that they were doing a remix of "Can't Touch This." Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, you know, I- I'm like you. With after I bust out of an event, even if it's brutal, by the time I get home, I play with my not old dog, medium age dog. You-, you have an old dog, right? I have an old dog. Yeah. Yeah, I have a medium age dog. I start feeling better within hours. I normally don't have a hangover the next day, but I- I, you know, but it's also different. You know, it's a 10k buy-in. You did have a lot of chips. Maybe I, I you know, but you. I noticed you weren't returning my calls. I was getting kind of worried. And yeah, you know, well, some I, people I, were actually. A number of people were were worried and were messaging me like, "Are you okay? Is anything happening?" Like, uh, they, some people were very worried because I could see from my they could see from my texts how frustrated I was. Like, not my texts. You could see from my tweets. Just like go go look at my tweets on twitter.com slash slash dandruff poker, and, and you'll see the the last tweets are just very uh, downer tweets. You could tell I'm very very frustrated. And I was. I was frustrated, though, for a different reason. Now, we can segue into that later on or whenever you'd like to, but I think it should still be addressed. You're talking about the, the yes, Hollywood yes. Dave thing? Yeah, Hollywood Dan. Okay, so yes. let, let's talk about uh, All-American Hollywood Dave's that uh, Brandon dealt with here. So this is what happened, uh, and I'll let you tell the story. I'm not going to tell your story. but just, Now, uh, if I cut out, it's because I'm doing the salsa. They're doing salsa and moringa and all no, that. No, I understand. That, that, I, okay. I know that you should get it done before they get to the Lombada. I know you really want to do yes. that. Yes. Okay. And what's the one where you go under the, the broomstick? <laughs> the limbo. The, the limbo. limbo. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. There's a, lim- there's a $25 plus five because that's a juice limbo contest oh, at wow. midnight. It's I, I uh, bet, rebuys, too. I, I bet Matos can win that one. Yeah, Matos could win that one. Okay. He's very he's very nimble. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, the oh, hold on, oh my god! And I text him. You're never gonna believe who's here. Oh, guess who just showed? Are you kidding me? I'm on radio. Trader Risky. Oh wow! This is everyone's hold at on. this place here. Okay, he's gonna call in. He's gonna, he's gonna call gonna, in. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna. Oh my. Yeah. Well, because it's eighties night. He's an eighties. Yeah. He's a. He's a. You know. Are around our age. The yeah. This was a booming time for him, too. But anyhow, I'm sorry. So oh, you were speaking of uh, Hollywood Dan. So, yeah. So, so anyway, at the World Series, uh, because a lot of people are so unhappy with the food options, especially the lack of uh, quality of the food, uh, a company, a small company called All-American Dave's started up that uh, provides tasty and pretty healthy food for World Series players. 
Uh, for just the integrity, his name is Dave Swanson. Yeah, Swanson, right? Swanson yeah. or Swanson? I, I, I think it's Swanson. So okay. yeah, so Dave Swanson, he started up this company called All American Daves, and and uh, they it's it's pretty expensive. It's like twenty five dollars a meal, and the meals aren't that big. So, but but they they taste good and they're pretty healthy. So it's it's the best food option if you want to eat well at the World Series, and they will bring it to your table. And they have a food truck set up right uh, at the Rio, like in the little break area in the in the back. And and what they do, if you you can either go out there and pick it up yourself, or you can text them, and or not text you can tweet to them, and and they will have food runners, which are always like pretty girl pretty girls who are under thirty. Bring them over to you. That one, remember that one crazy woman? Yeah, Jennifer Newell thinks I can't use the word girls, but this isn't her show, so I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, If Jennifer Newell's listening, uh, tough luck. You can turn it off. I don't care what you think. (laughs) I I mean, honestly, Jennifer Newell, nobody cares what you think. So that's the truth. So so anyway, wow. uh, these girls there. Would that be a hashtag shots fired? Yeah. So so girls under thirty that that run it over to you, and they they really only hire like at least like semi attractive girls. They have to be under thirty. They have to. I be, mean, I haven't seen no mutts out there. I'm they, not gonna lie. Yeah, to they you. Ha, they they have to be fit looking. So like that's they're not gonna hire someone like Jennifer Jennifer Newell's like fifty years old. They're they're only gonna hire, and that's I'm not being insulting here. They really won't. Like I don't care how hot, even if you're like a hot fifty year old, they're not gonna hire you. They're only gonna hire. Girls who are like under thirty and, and pretty and, and fit. That's who they hire to, to run it over to you. So whatever, that's that's what they do. That's fine. Whoever they want to hire. Because are you hire. saying? Because if they had like an overweight, out of fit girl doing it, it just would kind of contradict. They would say, "Why aren't you just eating the salmon and rice?" Yeah, why aren't you instead? eating the healthy food? Right. right so right, right. so so anyway, that's who brings it to you, and and you're expected to tip them. It's not a requirement, but you're expected to tip them for bringing it over to you, just like any kind of service sort of situation. So that's fine. The question is, how much do you tip them? Now, keep in mind, these girls are not driving the food to you. It's not like they're getting in their car from the All-American Dave's store and driving it five miles to you. They are walking it over probably like 150 feet. I'm not even exaggerating. That's about probably what it was, 150 feet uh, to to, to the Amazon room. And uh, and they're also carrying several bags at once many times. So they're actually like uh, if there's four players in the same event – who've ordered food that's ready at the same time, they will bring four bags at the same time and drop one, 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 and it, you know, they get all four done really quickly for the same 150 feet each direction they walk. So this this is not a difficult job. This is not this is not like being a waitress where you have to keep coming back and checking on the person over their hour and a half or two-hour meal This is not and, and keep bringing them things. This is not a situation like a pizza delivery where they, they have to pay for their own car expenses and their own gas and, 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 and drive a, a good distance each way. No. They just have to take a bag of food, walk about 150 feet, and drop it at the poker player who, who either pays for it or has already paid because he has an account with them. So that they're not doing very tough work, and uh, so therefore that has to be figured out. I'm, I'm running so bad this summer. If I had an account with them, that account would probably run bad. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, you were cutting out a little bit. I heard what you said, but it's kind of cutting a little bit. But, but anyway, so, so this is not a tough job. And and they deliver so many of them per hour that they are making a lot of money in tips. Now, what are most people tipping? Well, actually, Brandon, would you prefer if I, – I mean, I, I'd like you to tell a story, but your sound quality is not very no, good. No, go ahead. I'll interject. I'm at the club, Druff. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I know. No, I'm not mad at you about it. I'm just telling no, you that. No, I mean, how how many times have you known me to go to a club? No, not many. I know it's, I know it's like, 80s right. night. And if it was an 80s night and I had text Trader Ruski and, and Matos was on the scene doing reporting, no. And, oh, oh no, my drink is here. Oh, okay, go ahead, Druff. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so, so the reason I'm giving this 
preamble to the whole story. It's just so you understand, especially if you haven't been to the World Series, what the situation with all American Dave and their food runners, which will obviously be a end up being a big part of this story. So, so you don't have to feel sorry for these girls. Like, uh, oh, they're making you know they all they're really doing is making minimum wage, and the tips are really what's supporting them. So you you've got to tip them well because they're making a fortune in tips because they're bringing over several bags at once. And how much are they getting for tips? Well, most people are tipping them five dollars. Why five dollars? Well. The girls came over to each player with no change. They don't carry change on them. And so they show uh, up there, and they say, here's your food, $25, please. And if you hand them a 20 and a 10, well, they don't have any change to give you. If you have two 20s, they don't have any change to give you. So they can go back and get change, but it's a pain in the ass for them. They really they, they kind of give you a scowl. They don't want they don't want to do it. So so basically, what happens is is uh, these poker players they have thirty bucks on them. Uh, you know, sometimes these girls will have like a ten to give back if you if you have twenties, uh, but they're not carrying ones with them. They they have no ones with them. Sometimes they have no change at all. Sometimes they just have no ones. But the, you're never going to get ones back for change. So if you want to tip them, it's either a zero tip or a minimum five dollar tip. There's no way with no ones that's the least you can live leave is five dollars, right? So. Yep. So everybody's getting tipping five dollars. Why? Because they are playing events that are a minimum of th- of a thousand dollars, probably, usually higher, usually fifteen hundred, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. If you're putting this much money into a World Series event, what's five dollars to you? It's nothing. It's a it, it's it's meaningless money to everybody in that field. So they say, okay, I'm not going to hassle with getting ones or demanding to give me ones. Fine, you know, if I if all they can give me change back is in fives and tens, fine. I'll tip them five bucks. And that's what everyone does. And this is not an accident. These girls do that on purpose. They don't bring ones on purpose because they want you to be forced. Is that, is that what they call the soft hustle? Yes. Or is that more of a, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's a soft Thank hustle. You. So, yeah. You're, you're, now, let me ask you real fast. They're doing Gwen Stefani holler back now, but that's not 80s. No, you've got to complain about this. They're doing a holler back now. Okay, go ahead. I'm going yeah, to find some. No, that's, that's not good because that's that shouldn't be happening. You know, like, I don't know why that this is an 80s night. See, someone's running this who's an idiot who doesn't understand what what's 80s and what's not. You even mentioned uh, like like can't touch this or something that's not. That's also not from. Uh, oh no, I guess that is from the 80s. No, no, I think it's 91, isn't it? No, it's 91 or well, 90s. Maybe there's a loophole cutoff date. You know, if it's close one year before or after or something, maybe. Maybe, yeah, but, but Holla Backer, that's that's not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think I think I hear it. I think I think you're actually right. I heard that you were talking. Yeah. Wow, you're not kidding. Yeah, I'm going to turn it down. But yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that's good. Okay. So thank thank you, Brandon, for turning that. I didn't want to hear that. So, okay. So, uh, by the way, Gwen Stefani's pregnancies, they're, 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 they're not her eggs. It's not possible. She's too old. Just letting you guys know. She's like 47 now or something. So anyway, getting back to the story. These, so the, these food runners, on purpose, they're not carrying change. So you either got to not tip them at all and feel like a total asshole, or tip them a minimum of five. So that's what they're doing, and they're making a fortune off this with all these different bags they're dropping off every hour. It's very easy. They, they drop off several at once, and they go back, they get more, they walk another hundred fifty feet, drop another few bags. I mean, they, they make a lot of tips, a lot of tips per hour. My my guess was around a hundred dollar an hour. Rate. Yeah, so I think I think yeah, I think so too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more. Yeah, so that's a lot of money. I mean, I I wasn't kidding. I'll do it for a hundred dollars an hour. Like I, I will. 
You do it for thirty on break. You said. Yeah, 30. I said. I, I I wasn't kidding when I said if if someone if they had six bags to deliver and I'm on break and I have nothing to do anyway, I'll gladly walk six bags over to the Amazon room to each player, drop them off as they're going to pay me thirty bucks in tips. I'll totally what do was it. it. You said off of the air thirty thirty on break or twenty in a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not even kidding about the 30. Like, I, if, someone's, if I'm on break there and say, they say, hey, we have these six All-American bag, uh, Dave bag, they're going to tip you five bucks each. Uh, do you want to bring it over there? I'd say, oh, sure. I'll, I'll walk over there right now. I'll do it for 30 bucks. It's easy. It takes a few minutes. It's easy. So anyway, let's get back to what happened to Brandon. There's a reason I'm setting all this up. Brandon was in the 08 event. And uh, he, he tweeted to All-American Dave, which he's done many times over the last few years. Tweets what he wants. He's not on a meal plan or anything, but he tweets what he wants. They, they make it. They bring it over to him. Now, first of all, they've already been flubbing the service to him. Two out of the three orders, they show up there with... Sure, abs- a, couple, a couple things. Two, two out of the first three, and I've been ordering via Twitter now. Actually, I was wrong. I said three years. It's been four years. In four years. But two out of the first three orders, they showed up with no silverware. <laughs> so what's he supposed to do? Like eat with his hands? Like like he's a, a three year old? Like like this is why that's so ludicrous. Okay, Th- this is all they do over there is is put these bags together. It should be like second nature. They should be able to do this in their sleep. I'm not even kidding. Like if all you do is pack these bags up, and and you're so used to the routine. Okay, put the food in. Put the silverware in. Put the napkin in. Roll up the bag. Write the name on it. Walk over. Like This is what you do over and over. How do you forget the silverware not once but two times out of three? That's horrible service. That's the first problem. But that wasn't even the main thing. It was just an annoyance. It was so funny because like I'm reading Brandon's Twitter just to see how he's doing and stuff. And I see first, like, uh, uh, at All-American Dave, yeah, I'd like to order such and such, such and such, uh, table, whatever. And then, like, about 15 minutes later, at All-American Dave, silverware, please. <laughs> so, I mean, this happened twice to him So, uh, so that's the first problem The second problem is uh, the, the girl comes over I should consult and now, now I'm sorry, I hate to do this But maybe this isn't even an 80s night That's what I was told when I paid the, 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 the entry fee to come in It's Now it's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch With a good vibration Now this definitely is not 80s Even if the Stefani has the older eggs, whatever The Funky Bunch ain't the 80s Am I right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just okay. I'm, I may have to go across the street to Treasure Island. Maybe they have an 80s night correctly. Yeah, terrible. All right, so so, so anyway, this, this is what uh, what happened there with Brandon. This, this is what was so, so ridiculous. So, so he orders this, and aside from the, uh, the stupid uh, silverware crap, uh, and, I, and, and again, I wasn't even upset about. I mean, it's frustrating because you want to eat your food hot. Yeah, you paid a lot of money, but you know, mistakes happen twice with no silverware. I, that is an oddity. Yeah, I, I still never call. You know, I, I wasn't calling people out. I wasn't getting angry. No, it was just, yeah, whatever. I just you know. So that's not what this is about. Right. So this girl shows up with the salmon he ordered, and Brandon reaches in his wallet and sees all he has is a twenty and a ten. So and no, no one. So. He hands her the money. Now, so Brandon decides he doesn't want to leave a $5 tip because it's just too much. It really is too much. They only deserve like $3 maximum is the truth because they're not doing a hard job. This is not like at a, a restaurant where they're spending a long time with you. They're just dropping a bag off and leaving. Look, and the, in my opinion, you know, I know other people do it. Just, $3 is a lot. Like, it, it is you know, a lot. That's, a, that's not just, oh, I'm cheap. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. It's a good tip. For dropping off a bag, sure. walking you know, 150 feet. The whole feet. transaction, yeah. unless something, you know, I'm trying to hit on the girl, which I'm not. 
you know, the whole transaction takes about 15 seconds. And they, and, they and it takes them a few minutes to walk over there. That's it. It takes a few yes. minutes of the whole thing. So, so yeah. Yes, sir. So he wants to leave a $3 tip, and he can't because he only has a 20 to 10, and the thing's $25. So, so he says – so he hands him 25 – hands $30. He says, do you need change, hoping he's going to say no and let her keep the $5 difference for a tip. He I says, hate that. So, I hate that. I think in the entire service industry, they should just hand you your money and let you do right, what you want. Right. That's awful. I hate, I, hate you, you. I, I hate you. I hate you need change. Like that. That's like making you feel guilty if you say yes. Exactly. So he says, yes, I, I need change. So she gets really frustrated and says in a rude and condescending tone, uh, this is going to take a while. I have a lot of orders to drop off, and then I have to go back to Dave's and get change. Honest to God, that's exactly how it was, too. Yeah. The way you just said it. Yeah. With that kind of tone, that's really truthfully how it was. Yeah. Yes. So she Correct. so she was she was pissed because she's like thinking Brandon's because hey, I just keep the five dollars now she's got to I've got to go back and get change. It's like, so, she, so now she has to do it because uh, he's asking for change. So now keep in mind, you know, he he asked politely. He wasn't uh, he was so then he said, you know, do, I'm just curious. Do you just not have change this time, or or do you do your the food runner here just never carry change? And she responded with the same rude tone. Yeah, we don't ever carry change on us here. So he's like, wow. So he's thinking, this is crazy. How could they not carry change on them when they're doing cash transactions? How are they so presumptive that they show up without being able to give you change, expecting they're just going to keep the change? That's what they're doing. And then if you ask for change, they get pissed. So she took 30 minutes. And keep in mind, they're 150 feet away right outside. 30 minutes to come back with his change. And so, of course, he's expecting at this point that uh, what he's going to get is five ones. Nope, she shows up with a $5 bill. That's what she shows up with. <laughs> so <laughs> the audience laughing didn't work out very well. Laugh again, audience. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties. But yeah, so she brings a $5 bill to him after all this, after 30 minutes. So then he... he, he uh, Brandon's actually thinking at this point he did have a one on him, like a single $1 bill. He was thinking of just giving that as a tip for the way she's been acting, but he still was going to be nice and give her the three. So then, then, but then he thought about it. You know what? Screw this. This has already taken half an hour. She's, she's dicking around with me here. Screw it. All she's getting is the one. So, so Brandon then just reached in his pocket and gave her the dollar, which she, did, she didn't even deserve that. She deserved no tip after all this. Instead of saying, do you, would you like a change? It should have been like, uh, oh, if you need change, I need to go back. You know, it'll be a few minutes. Sorry. And then she should have come back with ones. You don't come back with a five expecting that he's going to hand it back to her. And it wasn't even just that. It was weirdly wrapped like, you know, in, like in a quarter, like, or, you know, folded once, folded twice, folded three times inside a receipt of my order, which <laughs> you never even get receipts, which I, yeah. I found that really, really yeah. I don't know if you covered it. It's very loud in here, but yeah, no idea. That was also odd. That is it was weird. Like folded over like four or five times inside a small white, you know, like normal looking yeah. receipt. So, so basically, Brandon just gave her the dollar he had because he's not giving her that five. If she's going to be a bitch like this and show back up with a five after half an hour, the whole point of me asking for change was so she can get three instead right, of one. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah so if, if he, most if people, he, most people would just be like, "Oh, I have a dollar on me. Here's a dollar." But no, I wanted to give her three. Yeah. So, so he asked for. So obviously, he's not going to ask for change like the five if he's going to tip her. Obviously, he's asking for change so he can give some of the tips. So she shows up right. with the five anyway to still try to hustle him into leaving the five. So he's like, "F that! I'm just going to leave the one at this point." So he gives her the one, and she she sees red. She is furious. Her he, first words when when she saw the one come out, she started off 
just so you know, in the future, and then go ahead, Josh. Yeah. So now she's realizing that you know she can't yell at him for, for directly for not tipping her enough, but she she has to find something to berate him about. Keep in mind, this is in the middle of a poker hand. Brandon was in a hand. He wasn't just at the table. He was in the middle of hand with a with cards in front of him, and she says, "So, but he hands her the dollar anyway." And she interrupts the hand to berate him and and say, um, "Say, well, just so you know, uh, in the future, you, in the future, you're not supposed to be ordering with actually. The, it was you're not allowed. You're not allowed to be ordering this food with a Twitter with a Twitter account. You have to come to the to the table to do it." Outside, you can't order through Twitter unless you have a meal plan. So just so you know, in the future, it wasn't even it wasn't even that. It was it was rooted in that it was that you need to go outside and stand in line <laughs> to order. Like she had to put the stand in line part. Like yeah, she got skipped a line or something. Yeah. So so then he so then he uh, politely told her he you know, he should have gone off. I, I would have gone off at that point. Like Brandon Brandon was actually being very calm here. I well, would have. I was also in a pot. Yeah. No, but I would have gone it off. Was, I, I would have I would have said get the hell away from me. I'm in the middle of a hand here. It was Don't... level nine, which means it was a ninth hour of me playing. Okay, and the blinds were high. I had grinded 400 chips into 14,000. Finally, had a semi-workable stack, and this is going on. Yeah. So, so I, I like at this point, I, interrupting a hand to berate me about ordering on Twitter just because she's mad about her tip, which she tried to hustle me for. I would have gone off on her and said, "Look, do you see I'm playing a hand here? You're not even supposed to be talking to me. You can wait till this is over if you want to say something." That's what I would have said in an angry voice because she's just being a cunt at this point, and she really—that's what she was being. I don't care if people don't like this word or not. That's what she was being. She tried to hustle him for for first to, to get him to just let her keep the change. Then he said no. Then she stalled. She 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 got nasty with him. Then waited half an hour, came back with a five dollar bill, which she knew he didn't want to try to still get him to give him uh, give her that. And then and then when he instead gave her a dollar, she decided to punish him by telling him that he can't order on Twitter anymore and he has to go stand in line. Which, by the way, isn't even the policy because. People have been, including Brandon, everyone does it this way. Meal plan or no meal plan, you can order through Twitter. That's always been the policy here. She just told him that because she was pissed and wanted to punish him. So she shouldn't be working. She should be fired for that crap. She should be fired for interrupting during a hand, for the nasty attitude, and for lying about the policy to try to punish him. And you may say, oh, well, look, Brandon's an asshole for leaving a dollar. He left a dollar only after she would not give him change. She simply would not give him the three dollars he wanted. That she she knew what, she knew what he wanted. She was trying to not give it. She, I mean, she deserved no tip. Honestly, she deserved uh, no tip and a boot at the door. So anyway, uh, and, and keep in mind, I don't think service employees deserve to be fired for honest mistakes. You know, if they make a dumb mistake or whatever, you know, everybody makes dumb mistakes. But this is this is just like like sleaziness and, and shadiness and trying to uh, hustle people and, and and guilt them into tipping what, what they don't want to tip. And try to make it very, very inconvenient for them to tip less. That that's really crappy. And then and then to try to punish them when they don't, when they don't tip what you want, it's awful. So anyway, uh, this is in the middle of the hand. She does all this. So uh, so then Brandon says, "Look, I've done it for f- four times this year, and every time during the past four summers." Still during the hand, she raised her voice and yells at him. Well, you shouldn't have been allowed to do it that way. Only meal subscribers can use Twitter. And then, uh, finally, uh, Brandon didn't want to answer her anymore. She snatched the dollar out of his hand and and and, and walked off. So yep. that that is awful. That is absolutely awful. There are so many things wrong with this story. Not wrong with, with, with the way Brandon told it, but wrong with how this happened. And also, I want to say for those 
that uh, sided. You know, either way, I never at any point, even though most would be, I would. You might even say that I would be right to. I never raised my voice. I never was impolite at any given time. If you know, if anything, I was maybe too passive. That you know, I wanted to play this pot. I didn't want to create a scene. My table mates were looking at me like, "What is this about?" So I was, in I guess the best term would be, I was passive. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was never mean or angry or rude at all, Todd. At yeah, all. I believe it. And imagine, imagine and, she's actually berating him in the middle of a big pot he's playing at the World Series of Poker, in an event he paid fifteen hundred dollars of his own money. I lost the pot, by the way. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars of his own money to enter, and she's berating him about ordering from Twitter, which is allowed to do. You're allowed to do. And she's berating him in front of everybody else there. And it's because she's mad about the tip, of course. So so here, here's here's the, the problem. Number one, the most egregious violation here is that she should not be interrupting him anytime during the hand. Let me tell you guys how casinos work, because some, some of you may not know, know this. Casino employees are told, unless it's a, it's a major item of importance, Oh, I'm sorry, I ain't doing this, but they, you know, it's Father's Day and all. They're doing the DJ Jazzy Jeff's and Fresh Prince's parents just don't understand. That's, that's 80s for that's, sure, yeah, right? That's appropriate, yeah. Did you like that? Did you like any of the Fresh Prince back in the day? Yeah, it wasn't a bad song. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, I'm sorry. So, Go ahead. So, so anyway, so, so the, the number one violation here was you don't interrupt people during a hand. At, at casinos, they train their employees. And those of you that work for casinos know this, especially ones that, that work in service uh, that where you deal with players that you do not interrupt them during hands. You don't interrupt them during blackjack hands. You don't interrupt them during poker hands. You don't. You, while they're playing, you do not stop them from playing. You let them finish what they're doing, and then you do whatever you need. You're bringing them drinks. You're bringing them food. You're bringing them something else. You don't interrupt them. Even if you're expecting a tip, you, you either wait or just you drop it off and walk away with no tip. You have to do one of those two things. You cannot interrupt them to stop so they can give you a tip and you can move on. If you want a tip, you have to wait until they're done with what they're doing, and then they can decide if they want to tip you or not. But you cannot interrupt the hand, nor can you interrupt the hand if you're mad at them about something. You cannot. You, you just cannot interrupt the hand. All casinos hammer this into employees. Now, she was not a casino employee. She works for All-American Dave, but they, they have a contract with Rio to be a merchant in the casino. So you know, I couldn't set up shop there out there and compete with Dave. I, I, don't, I don't have the authorization to do that. Only Dave does. So he, he probably paid a lot of money to get that contract, and he has to adhere to certain rules. The, his employees have to act like casino employees in this, in this regard. They can't disturb World Series players. So because, you know, they, they are coming onto the tournament floor and delivering food. This, this is a disturbance to some degree, and they have to be very, very careful not to cause a disruption. This was definitely a disruption. She'd be rating him and raising her voice to him. You can't order on Twitter anymore. That's only for subscribers. And a loud tone of voice interrupting hands because she's mad about her tip that she tried to hustle him for. So that, that was the number one problem. The, the other problems, they should always carry change. Unless it is very, very clearly stated that our food runners do not carry change, please keep exact change with you. Otherwise, that's really lousy not to carry change because the... Customer doesn't expect that. The customer expects them to have change, and then is in an awkward situation where they need change, but but the food runners a- acting frustrated about it, like it's putting them out. It's not putting them out. They should have it because you're expecting them to have it. So they they should carry change. And the reason they weren't carrying change is because they found this is the best way to get maximum tips because they don't have change. And, and, and one other thing, you know, of course, just like you and me and, and most people, it's not about the money. You know, whether I it's another two dollars, of course, it's not going to change or interfere with my life. It's just the principle, and to me, 
my principles for what the services were rendered, I feel like that's a more than enough of a fair, you know, gratuity. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, so then uh, another issue here. Uh, if, if bringing change, you should always bring $1 bills if you're expecting a tip. You should not decide that your tip is going to be multiples of fives. So therefore, you don't need to bring dollars. And it's not even like at a fine restaurant where you know the tip is going to be something like in the tens, so you're figuring the person doesn't need ones. This is where the tip is going to be in the single digits. So you don't decide for yourself it's going to be a minimum of $5 and only bring them a five. If you want, if you don't want a tip, then you can bring whatever change you want. But if you want any tip, you have to bring ones. If you don't bring ones, then, then if you don't get tipped at all, it's your fault. So, if, so by not bringing ones, you're being very sleazy and you're, try, you're trying to uh, uh, hustle people. And, and make them feel guilty to ask for the ones. Make them feel like cheap assholes to ask for the ones. And you deserve no tip when you do that. So that's a, another problem. And this is obviously intentional. This wasn't just the way it happened to fall. Uh, also, the punishment for what she felt was under-tipping was horrible. The, the whole thing about the you, you can't order with Twitter anymore, that wasn't even true. Everybody's been ordering for Twitter. You, you can ask any World Series player you know that uses All-American Dave, which is a lot of them. You can ask, do you order from Twitter? Yes. Did you always have a meal plan while you were ordering from Twitter? They'll say no. Everybody orders this way. This is the most common way people order. And not everybody has a meal plan. This was a punishment. And I absolutely detest when low-level, non-managerial employees try to punish customers because they don't like them personally. They don't have the right to ever, ever, ever do that. If you work for a place and you're just a clerk, you're not in management, you're not the owner, you can never punish a customer. A manager shouldn't even do that. Really, the only one who can punish a customer should be the owner, because then he suffers I mean, the consequence. But, but can you imagine a, a, a food runner trying to punish Brandon by telling him he can't use Twitter anymore? She has no right to do that. So yep. I was furious when I heard this story. It didn't affect me. I never ordered from All-American Dave, so it's not like I was going to run into the same thing. I, I don't order. I'm too much of a cheap Jew to, to pay the $25 for that meal. So, so it was never going to affect my life, but... Being that Brandon's my friend, and I heard what he went through, and I pictured had I been in that situation myself and gone through it, how I would feel, and I was furious, and I go, wow, these, these girls are sleazy. These girls are, are tip hustlers. They're disrupting the World Series. And when Brandon wasn't having what she was trying to do and gave her a small tip because of it, she disrupted his, his hand and yelled at him. And I go, wow, this person, not only should this person be fired, but... All-American Dave should be called out for this. You know, honestly, what would happen if they did that in North Korea? Yeah, they'd, they'd take her outside and shoot her. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so so th- I, was, I was furious at the story, so I started tweeting it out. Of course, when you tweet things like this out, you have various idiots responding to you with, with various— And also I want to state, because there was also some confusion, I never implied or stated in any way, shape, or form that I wanted this girl to be terminated. Yeah, I said that. I said it, but Brandon didn't. All I asked, and we, you know, we'll get to that part at the end of the story, was that she be educated. Yeah, but you know what? I think you should, I, I know you asked that because you were you were being uh, you were being a little nicer about it than I was, even though it was happening to you. But I, I, this is a big pet peeve of mine. I hate when service employees try to punish people. That get that blood that boils my blood when service employees either try to scam people, hustle people, or punish people. And and she was hustling and she was punishing. I I absolutely hate that because that's not within their power to do. A service employee is supposed to do what her boss has told her she's supposed to do. She's not supposed to do things to to inconvenience you and and punish you or make new rules that you have to live under that nobody else does because she doesn't like you. That is not her right to do as an employee of the place. 
Her boss would not want her doing that. You don't want her doing that. She does not have the right to. She does not have the right to. So anyone who does that should not be working at that place anymore. They've given up their right to have that job at that point, in my opinion. If you, if you want to use your job to punish people, to punish customers, you shouldn't be there. And if you lose your job because of that, good, you deserved it. And I don't, I don't root for people to lose their jobs, but if they're going to use their job to maliciously punish people, then they should be gone. Like, like You know like call center employees that purposely hang up on people or, or purposely transfer them to the wrong cl- place because they don't like them, they think this is so clever? No, I think anyone caught doing that should be fired immediately. I, I would love to see people fired immediately. In fact, I once, I once, I've gotten phone center employees fired that have maliciously done things to me before. And I don't mean like accidents or you know, dumb about, mistakes. I mean about, malicious things. About 10, 11 years ago, I had a health issue. Thankfully, it wasn't scary, but I, it required me going to a hospital. And until like the insurance and everything got cleared up, for some reason, some of, you know, how everything is kind of offset to different departments, like this, you know, this department mm-hmm. bills for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I explaining it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, I got a number of calls from basically collection agents while this was like within 30 days while the insurance was still taking care of itself. <laughs> and. You know, and it wasn't a lot. It was like 40 here, 80 here. And, you know, I tried explaining to them, you know, I'm not paying because you know, the insurance has told me this will be sorted out. And, and the exact example of what you're talking about, that's how I was treated, where they get hostile. Well, you're going to need to pay or this is going to happen. Like, have you ever experienced one of well, those? Well, you know, collection agents are horrible. They're, they're, they're like borderline but scammers. threatening and, yes. and just yeah. yes. overchange. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so this is, this is like anyone who does kind of punishing – uh, behavior from the, working as a service employee, they should lose their job because that's not part of the job. That's not what they should have a right to do. And uh, anyone who does things like even like like waiters or waitresses that get pissed off and spit in your food, they should not only. I, I think these people should not only be fired. I think they should go to jail for a public health violation. They shouldn't have the right to spit in your food. These, these should be serious things, but at the very least, get fired. These should never be acceptable. It is never acceptable to punish. Someone, a customer that you don't like. Now, if you want to do, if you want to punish customers, there's one thing you can do. You can risk your own money and your own time to open up your own business, and then you could punish all the customers you want. But guess what? You're not going to have any customers anymore. You're, you're going to go out of business. You're going to go broke. So that's what. So if you want to punish customers, if you want to treat customers like shit, then you open up your own business. You can do whatever the hell you want, and then you suffer the consequences. But what happens is, if a customer gets punished by by an employee. Then who suffers? The customer suffers and the owner suffers. Who does not suffer is the employee doing it. So that's why they do it. They think they can get it. They don't suffer any consequence for what they're doing. They should. And again, they should. again, I want to just make it clear as well as I did my post. I did not know at the time, and, and I have since talked with him, and I claimed that I didn't know or have any factual evidence that Dave knew about these practices. So I'm not accusing him. Right. I mean, it's his business, so ultimately the, the buck stops there, so yeah. to speak. But I'm just saying I, I wasn't implying that he was encouraging girls to do this. I mean, it is kind of odd, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that very shortly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then we got idiots on Twitter. I was the one who brought it out on Twitter, and then Brandon backed it up and said, "Hey, it was me." You know, and then he started explaining. Well, we had idiots who were insisting that this was okay. That maybe the girl overreacted. Maybe she, you know, maybe she was inappropriate. But this wasn't that bad. Brandon was an under tipper. This is Brandon's fault. Some people. Oh, why are we making such a big deal? This shouldn't matter. Nobody's going to care. No, the the the, the 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 one girl, the, the Jennifer Newell, which. You know what? If she even did anything worthwhile, I'd call for a boycott of her. Had the nerve to say that what that, that it was my fault for harassing food servers. Yeah, <laughs> she used. I mean, that was an open public tweet. Yeah, she tweeted out that Brandon. When it could have been. It was the, the contrary. Yeah, she she tweeted out that Brandon uh, he deserved this for 
hassling food servers. <laughs> no, it wasn't even hassling; it was harassing. Or harassing food servers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, this we got ridiculous responses. Now, there were some people agreeing with it, but there were some people who were just ridiculously responding. Well, guess what? Guess what? Idiots responding to us who thought we didn't know what we were talking about, who thought that uh, that this is all much ado about nothing, or that uh, that Dave's not going to care, or that this is all totally fine. Guess what? Idiots. Uh, we were right. How do I know we were right? Because Brandon contacted, or Brandon got contacted by David Swanson, the owner of All American Dave's. So obviously he knows what his own policies are. He knows fact, whether this. Was- just so, just so we're clear, and I don't have access. Maybe you can open up that post. No, I have it read, up in, here. Okay, and read his response verbatim. Yes. Verbatim. Yes. And then there was one more correspondence which I didn't post, and that was him politely, and he was, you know, you'll. Obviously, the listener will, will get this once they hear it, that he was a cordial gentleman, you know, throughout our communications. And there's one other tweet or, you know, direct message that in which he asked to come introduce myself, which I will do on Tuesday. And uh, he did all, also offer to take care of uh, a number of meals for me free. But yeah. again, at which I pointed out that wasn't even the, the point yeah, of this. Yeah, but, right, right. Brand, Brandon was not trying to angle for free stuff. In case and I, think, I said that to him. I don't yeah. want anything free. Right, That's right. Brandon, Brandon right, away, right away when he complained about this, stated right at the beginning... I'm not looking for free things here, so please, this is not what that's about. I'm not even going to come back here. I'm not coming back to All-American Dave's. I said, I don't want anything free. I just want everyone to know what they're doing. So that, that was his point. So Brandon was never angling for free stuff. But Dave Swanson, the owner of All-American Dave, uh, he seems to be a stand-up guy because he gave a very good response here, which uh, resolves the situation and proves us right that this was inappropriate. So here's what Dave Swanson said, and he gave us permission to post this and to read this on radio, so we're not, we're not reading his private correspondences. I mean, it is private, but he said it's fine to read in public. He actually, Brandon yeah, held I off. asked him first. Yeah, Brandon asked yeah. if it's okay, and he said yes. So, so this is what he wrote. Starting immediately, girls will have all change on them. We're, we'll all have change on them. I feel dumb for, ha- for not having that as a standard already. I appreciate your feedback and will use it to get better. I play poker too, and I instruct everyone not to interrupt players that are in a hand, but clearly I need to make sure that everyone is aware of the importance of this. I will continue to reinforce these principles. Again, I am sorry you were made to feel this way and truly do appreciate the feedback and will use it as an opportunity to make the service better. That's the first thing he wrote. So, so here Dave is saying, number one, they should have been carrying change. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I'm going to make everyone's going to carry change in the future. All the girls are going to have to carry change now. I, I, I didn't think of it before, Brandon, but thanks for telling me. He's, he's saying to Brandon, uh, they should have been doing this the whole time. So, so we were right about that. They were, we were right about the hand thing that he told them before they're not supposed to interrupt hands. And this, this, this bitch I mean, here decides to do it the anyway. The other thing that I, I'm curious about is I don't even know. And maybe I'll find out. I'll inquire. I don't even know how hands on he is. Meaning, I don't know if he's there all day. Yeah, he's probably not. No, I'm sure he's not right. there. Right, so I, exactly. So that that's... Yeah, so yeah. so so they probably thought they could do what they want without him watching. So so then, so then uh, Brandon said, thank you, that would make me very happy. It was an unfortunate situation tonight, compounded by the fact that I was playing a pot while this was all going on. With your permission, I'd like to post our correspondence. Uh, then he, he accidentally posted the emoji of, of the laughing with the, like, tears coming down his face. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so then he said, uh, that was an accident, LOL. Yes, that's fine with me. Thanks for asking. Also, I know you said you don't want anything in the form of compensation, but if you decide to give us another shot, I'll be I'll be happy to take care of your next few meals. So, uh, so Dave not only said to Brandon, look, you're right about this. We screwed up. We're going to get better. They're going to carry change in the future. They're not going to interrupt in hands. Everyone's going to uh, – I'm going to make all the girls understand that. But also, I know you said you don't want free stuff, but I'm giving you free stuff anyway. I mean, that, that's that. This is a good guy. You know, he's uh, he, he could have just said f you. You know, everyone's ordering for me anyway. You know, the tough. He could have said nothing. You know, he he, he contacted Brandon, and said, you know, basically said you're right. This shouldn't have happened. You were 100 percent right. Uh, you were treated poorly here. And these weren't his exact words, but you can you can take that from his response. He he was he was not only not uh, defending any of it, but he was actually saying we're changing our policy. Because of what you've brought up You've brought up good points And our policy now is Everybody carries change And our policy is Under no circumstances Will you ever interrupt hands Which we've has always been our policy But the, the hands thing But people apparently don't understand this They're going to understand it now And so So uh, That's great that's, that's, that's what a business owner should do when, they, when it's brought to their attention That their employees are misbehaving That They make changes And they make their employees Fully understand This is unacceptable If it continues you're gone that, that's that's what uh, employers should do. They shouldn't make excuses. They shouldn't lie. They shouldn't uh, just you know, let the employees keep abusing the customers. They should put a stop to it. Because, why? Because it's Dave's business. He's the one who built the business. And absolutely props to Dave for contacting me. This was at 4 in the morning it started. Yeah. Within hours of my tweets and being a total gentleman, with, you know, showing me respect to the customer. He doesn't know me from Adam. Yeah. So, of course, you know, give credit where credit's due. He handled the situation Better than most, and as well as could be expected, and 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 you know this, and that, you know considering the circumstance. Yeah. Do so you he, agree? Yes. He gave a very good response. I'm very happy with his response to you. I thought that uh, uh, this speaks well for Dave as a business owner and how he respects his customers. And uh, and for that reason, you know, even though I, I still think the prices are high, I'm not. Uh, you know, I probably won't be ordering myself. But but that's the only reason I wouldn't. I think as far as uh, how he handles his business and how he treats his customers, uh, I give him a thumbs up for that. So and, and I also heard the food's good. So you know, Brandon likes the food. Everybody seems to like the food. So the food is good, and it's it's healthier than the other World Series food. So I'll give him credit for that as well. And uh, I mean, the prices. You know, he, if, if people are willing to pay the prices, that's that's what a businessman well, does. Yeah, and I get it. That's what this society is about. I mean, it's supply and demand. And, yeah. And you know, capitalism. And you're right. People are willing to pay it. And uh, you know, I'll even say, it, in my opinion, there's nowhere even in the entire Rio that has as good as a food. You know, in, in regards to fish. Yeah, you know, he has two kinds of fish a day at least, and it's very good. But it is overpriced, and and I accept that as a consumer. That's that's never, it's not even part of this argument. Yeah. It's not even my gripe about the yeah, prices. Right. It's it's just you kind of, you know, I wrote my analogy was I kind of like chalk it up to like when you go to a ball game. Yeah. Or you go to a, 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 a you know, a Disneyland or somewhere, an amusement park where yeah, you know yeah. things are going to be marked up. It's just yep. you know that going in, and you as a consumer can make the choice. And to me, that's you know, it's fine. Yeah. So, so so it was good. He, he he took responsibility and implemented changes. So, so so now speaking of implementing changes, and then I got blamed as well on Twitter because apparently the next day I know nothing further that he had sent out some tweets uh, off, uh, stating that he needed girls for employment. Yeah, I don't know if you know. Oh about no, this. I didn't know about that. No. Yes, <laughs> that he had some openings and he needed help. Wow. I mean, and again, I have no idea. I, I mean, I'm not. You know, maybe I am. I guess suggesting. 
one had something to do with the other. I don't know that. I, I, I investigate. But well, good. I, I actually hope that's what happened. I, I hope is what happened, truthfully, because this was not an accident. This was not or just may, like maybe I, some I, of these young girls got upset with this new policy of, of having to carry singles. Yeah, I can tell you a hundred percent. Just from my discussions at tables with others, I'm not the only one that felt this way. I'm probably just the first person that spoke up. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. So, so yeah. And, and you know what? If they got fired, if they quit, too bad. And in fact, if you again, if you harass the customer and you get fired over it, too bad. I have no sympathy for you. Also, these girls are not. These are not underprivileged girls. Some people are saying, you know, look, you're you're playing events for so much money. Yes, maybe five dollars is a bit too much of a tip, but just just do that it anyway. That has nothing to do with it. That it, has nothing to do. Whether it's a ten thousand dollar event, a fifteen hundred, a three fifty, that has nothing yeah. to do. And with you're it. not helping someone. You're not helping people who are poor that are barely getting by. These are girls who are making like a hundred dollars an hour delivering food. They're making more I mean, than the teachers, mechanics, playing, engineers. You know, if I, uh, if, I, if I was playing in a, a daily tournament there, there two hundred dollar tournament, whatever it may be, uh, I, it would be the exact same. It's yeah. Not, Nothing. One thing has nothing to do with exactly. the other. It has nothing to do with the other. And look, you, you should never... So, so so the gentlemen that are playing in the 50K Players Championship, that means they should tip $100? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, 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 it's not logic. It doesn't make Sorry. logic. And, 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 and also, these girls are not poor. They're making a lot of money doing this. These are the. You're probably helping them buy designer purses and designer clothes. That's why you're helping them here. You're not helping them get pay rent with this. And, and if you really want to help someone who really is struggling to get by... Instead of giving a few extra dollars, instead of giving five dollars to these girls, give them three. Take the other two, and when you walk by the guy cleaning the bathroom, or or, or, or emptying the trash, pull out the other two dollars and hand it to him. That's who needs it. That's a real minimum wage employee. That's a that's an actual employee who makes very little money, who's struggling, who also is not a pretty twenty five year old girl that has so many advantages in life because she's a pretty twenty five year old girl. This is probably someone who's, who's a little bit older, you know, not exceptionally attractive in any way. You know, just just someone who a minimum wage employee who is, probably has very few advantages in life and a lot of disadvantages. That's who you should feel sorry for. That's who you should tr- try to give tips to. These are t- employees who don't even make tips usually. The guy is cleaning the bathroom or emptying the trash or, or cleaning the floor, whatever it is. Uh, these are the people you should be tipping, not these girls who are making $100 an hour walking food bags 150 feet each way and, and, and acting bitchy if they don't get what everybody else gives them. I mean, that's these are the people who shouldn't be. So if you want to give extra money and you go, well, these, these employees, they need tips. No! They, they, if it's a tip profession, fine. You don't need to over-tip because if you see them making a fortune in tips already, you don't need to over-tip to make them even more of a fortune. You, you don't. Give it to someone who actually is poor. I mean, it's, a, it, it's just dumb. Yeah, I just think in society as a whole, this is just one man's opinion, this whole tipping thing has just gotten out of control. It has. It has. And, and the problem is people have gotten to be trained over over time that – Better tipping equals better person. So if you if you leave a generous tip, that means you're a great and wonderful and generous person. And if you leave a stingy tip, that you're an asshole. And that and that everyone has this hammered into their head. And people are have, are so reflexive with this that they don't even think about what they're tipping, what kind of service was provided to them, how much this person probably already makes in tips from other people. And 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 whether you know with how much they're already making, if you have to over tip also, and 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 uh, you, you should consider all that before deciding what to tip. And here we have we have a caller here. I think it may be China Maniac. Caller, you're on the air. 
Andrew, what's happening? It is Chinamaniacs. Did you Wait, want to chime the in? Guy, the guy from the Zone Blitz. Yeah, the Zone Blitz host. Yeah, Zone oh, Blitz. hey, buddy. How you doing? China, it's Brandon. What's happening? Hey, I'm at the, uh, the Wynn uh, Nighttime Beach Club. It's supposed to be 80s night, but they've thrown in some, some Gwen Stefani and uh, some Marky Mark. He's, he's, isn't that Marky Mark from your side of town, China? He is. He is. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing? Um, I, I just wanted your, to. I heard. Uh, I heard your boy Fedor Holtz lost a couple hundred thousand to that Mercy and some bracelet bets, according to the. Yeah, uh... he, did. He, he he did, but did you know? Like uh, since that night when he won that or finished second in that huge uh, high roller bowl, he's won three straight twenty-five uh, k yes. high rollers at Aria the last three weeks. He's like... up. He's up like seven million dollars this summer in tournaments. <laughs> He's up almost. He's almost. He's up almost first place in the main event. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty pretty stupid. But um. Yes. Yeah, so what do you want yeah, to I'm say? China. On, on the uh, the, these girls. Uh, I've never seen these girls tipped before. Um, I, I've got like he made me get a meal plan. I tried to just order, and he's like, "No, you need a meal plan." So I was like, "All right." So I I bought like a hundred and fifty dollars. A hundred and fifty dollar meal plan or something like that, but when they delivered to me, I can't remember if I tipped them or not. But I've seen these girls um, just fly through the room and just drop bag, drop bag, drop bag, drop bag, not make eye contact with people. Maybe they may they may have been tipped somehow with the uh, the meal plan. Maybe they they were auto tipped. They're not. I don't think they are. I think he might pay them per like bag they drop off or something, but. I think that's the whole reason why he wants people getting meal plans, so they can just go in and drop them off and, and deliver more. But overall, I'm, I'm not saying that they're right or anything, of course. And, and the girl I get, is, is wrong. I, I get what you're saying, too, but I don't want a meal plan because I don't want to be set on a fixed amount. Like, I want to order when I want to. You know what I mean? I just. I, it, and yeah, that, I, if, I understand. I totally understand that. If that's the I've case. I've seen him. I've seen him take orders online from people that just order individually, but I've also seen him shut people down and say, "Hey, well, you got to come in and get a meal plan." Maybe, maybe because I have a history, meaning you know, for right. four four years I've done it via Twitter, yeah. and no one's ever said otherwise. But I've never right. ever, up until that day, even it was even inferred to me that a meal plan coincided with with you know being able to use Twitter. I was never told that once, and I've I've right. ordered, you know at least 30, 40 times over four years, usually eight to 10 times a summer. So, you know, it, it, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I, I tried to do the same thing. And he's like, sorry, buddy, you need a meal plan. I was like, all right. So I went out there and I just put like 150 bucks or something down just for whenever I needed food. And he's like, you know, you can get it back if you're not sure if you're coming back next year or whatever. And I was like, all right, fine. But I mean, but totally, the girl shouldn't have like disrupted you or whatever. I mean, she came back with change. I mean, that's crazy. Like bringing back a five dollar bill, and, and then and then trying to punish him about the Twitter thing. Yeah, that's like uh, that's pretty insane. I'm, I mean, maybe Dave did tell her to tell tell him that or something. Like, oh, tell no, Dave wasn't. Dave wasn't there that night because he had texted oh, he me wasn't. earlier. No, he wasn't there. He had nothing to do with this. He okay. was home or he could be out of town. He wasn't on the premises that day at the Rio. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, she probably was just like, I'll tell it, you know, she was probably just taking her frustrations out on you. You know what I mean? Yep. Whatever. Which is completely wrong. And it, it certainly should be a fireball. I mean, that would be, that would be along the same lines as 
me having a frustrating day at Omaha and taking my frustrations out on her, which I never would consider doing. Right. You know, which I didn't do. Totally agree. But have you seen them bringing food to people and getting tips? I know you tipped her and you tipped them, but have you seen them get tips? I mean, if you're asking me if I can, if I have a clear recollection of somebody like doing, you know, buying it and making, no, I don't, to be honest. I'm just being honest. I mean, I just, you know, but I'm not watching. You know, people, there's money handed. I'm just not paying attention. I'm listening to music. Right. About, you know, I, I don't know. Like, if I could, I cannot sit here definitively and say, I remember this, you know, I was at a party once. <laughs> and, you know, I saw somebody hand, you know, three singles of fun. No, I don't. I don't. Right. I, mean, I, I don't remember not seeing it either. It's not, you know, it's both ways. You know what I mean? Right. I don't remember ever watching and looking for it and seeing somebody not tip them either. I just don't pay attention. Right. You know, I just yeah. don't. And yeah, Druff, I mean, it's, actually, well, it's, it's just, it's like Druff. Druff has played oh, at three events. I played five, you know, last year. Druff, do you ever remember either way? People tipping or don't, you know, and you've seen people order these, this food, you know, from at your table. Yeah, yeah, I don't really watch. I don't really watch them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Listen, listen to this. I'm gonna, you know, since we get texts here at seven seven five three seven two eight three five five, which is our main number, uh, we get trolls texting us too. So I'm gonna read a, an alternate point of view. But I think this person's okay. full. Of, I think they're full of crap too. Because like, you, you'll hear what they're saying. I think they're completely lying. We, we we have these idiot trolls that write dumb stuff like this. And if you were there, by the way, this is what the person claims. Uh, provide proof in some way. But okay, this person wrote: Neither one of you clowns have any credibility in customer service situations. I was there, and Brandon was rude as fuck to the server and a cheap bastard. I think there's about zero chance he was actually there. I think it's a complete lie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, hey, buddy, if you were there. Describe some of the other people at the table with Brandon. Descri- describe some of the other people you saw at the sitting Wait, at the table with Brandon. This person's claiming he was at my table. He says he was there and you were rude as fuck to the server. Oh, so he had to he had to be seeing it. He's making it up, obviously. So he says Dave's response means nothing other than to quiet down obnoxious customers. That's not true. He's changing the policy. If, if he said if he was just trying to quiet it down, he'd say, "Okay, here's a free uh, meal. Uh, uh, sorry about this." He's saying, "I'm changing my policy. They're carrying change in the future." That's that's not no, quite. I'm, I'm getting another. I'm getting another tweet. I don't even know what this means. It says, "All the money that you guys PFA are saving by tipping two or three, can you pull it together and put me in a 10k?" Then it says, "Warm regards, Barry G." What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Barry Greenstein. We haven't seen him in the 10K events, so he's kind of MIA. So, oh, hey, I have one more question. The, the yeah, first ahead. time you you asked for change, Brandon, didn't she bring you ask for change for a 20 and she just brought you three fives or something? Yes, that was the first time. And then, as I wrote in my post, luckily there was a uh, Rio cocktail server. And I got up, walked over, asked to break down the five, and gave her three. And I just didn't want to right. deal with it. Then the next time so I you, remembered, then the next right. time I ordered, I remembered to have singles on me to give her three dollars. I right. went to Starbucks or somewhere like earlier in the day. And right. then the last experience, I just forgot to have. I just right. you know I just forgot about it. I didn't know I was going to eat right. there. You know, it just slipped my mind. But yes, that's correct. So, what, what what did she say to you when she came back? Three fives. Did she just hand them to you? I didn't say a word. I just didn't even want to get into it. She just handed it to right. me, and I just and I, and I just said, "Hold on one second. And I still gave her three, even I knew what she was right. doing. I, I didn't. I right. didn't. I did not confront her at all. I yeah. just said, "Oh my god, really? I'm like, I don't have the energy to do this. I want to play poker and concentrate. So I, I still gave her three. 
And, you know, again, the, yeah, irony, the irony of all this is that the last time this happened, the girl got a dollar when my whole objective was to give her three. So she lost out. I mean, I know <laughs> I know in the big picture it doesn't matter, two bucks, but I wanted to give her three, which, you know, I had a dollar. I could have very well just given her the and dollar. I, and I, I, bet, I bet if you I, – I can ask. I can go down there and ask them. Like, I, you know, I was asked, like, I'll, like, I'm interested. I can go down there tomorrow and, when I'm there and say, uh, you know, I'm just curious if I order a meal plan uh, – um, how, if I don't want to keep, keep money on me for tipping, you know, can I tip through the meal plan? I, I bet there's a way to do it. I bet that's why they're just dropping these off that they may have been pre-tipped. Well, I, I don't think so. I think it's just a fixed price. No, I, mean, I don't I think. Don't think... I, I remember seeing him post prices like three seventy-five for this, five seventy-five for that. It was all like in increments of twenty-five, which is what everything is except for. I don't know. I, I don't think that would be the case, but I would be interested to find out, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, so anyway, that's the, uh, I could pull up the prices right now. They're no, no. I'm just, the, the prices don't matter. I'm just talking about whether people decide to uh, whether they can tip when they prepay. So the you may think the whole point of prepaying is not just to save a little bit of money, so you don't have to always have money down there with you. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's possible. You could set aside money to you know like give X amount to whoever. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's like fixed into the price that you're paying for, like, uh, yeah, you but, know, that you're paying for meals or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, here, here's the these are the tiers, okay? If you you can put a thousand dollars down for food, you receive twenty percent off all your meals and breakfast. Six hundred, you get twenty percent off. Three hundred, you get fifteen percent off. But then you, there's so no refund. Like once you put the money down, then you're stuck. Like you, you can't get it back. Yeah, if you. If you put it down this year, it's only good through 2017 World Series. Oh, so, so you can do so you can so do it next year too. Yeah, you can use it next year. Oh, okay, After I, didn't that, know. I, I, I thought it expires this year. Okay. It says cash at the truck or or at the table. No, so. Provided, of course, you got to hope they return the next year. They probably will because they make a lot of money. But if they didn't return, you'd be kind of screwed. Credit card at the truck or the table or PayPal. So, it, but it doesn't say anything about like the tipping or any of that. But regardless. The, if they're going to be handling with cash, they should at least have like a hundred dollar bank of like some twenties, fives, and like the forty ones or something like that. I was saying this in that thread the other day. It was, it's like being a pizza delivery driver, which I used to do. If you didn't have the correct change on you, you didn't get a you didn't get a tip. Yeah. Sometimes you just had to you just had to eat it. You didn't get a tip, and that was that. Unless you had to like run to a store and get change because you couldn't give them the correct change. Yeah. You know. Um, which I, I don't know. I just think that that part of it's crazy. Like they they should have a bank on them at all times. Yeah, well, I guess they're they're going to have that. Okay, well thanks, China for for. Oh, also, us. China. Before we let you go, one thing. What do you uh, you have any thoughts on uh, what occurred tonight in uh, the NBA? Um. Yeah, it was complete. It was just a signature LeBron game. The block was unbelievable. Uh, everything was. Our Irving was unbelievable. Um, and the Warriors just totally choked, and I'm so glad that they lost. I posted in a, an NBA thread on the forum earlier, like, I got, like, I was more excited that Cleveland beat Golden State than I was for any of Boston's 25 titles they've won in the last 15 years. That's how much I wanted Go- uh, Cleveland to win tonight. I was screaming, yelling, fist pumping. I had no money on the game. I just hate Golden State. <laughs> That's interesting. So we have a caller on the air. Caller, uh, hello. Well, hello there. And who is this? Larry Laffer. Larry Laffer? There's no way Larry Laffer can sound like that. It must be a fake voice. I said I was going to call. 
Why is, why is your voice sound strange? It's a, it, it is the right phone number, but why does your voice kind of sound odd to us? What do you mean? You, you have a strange-sounding voice. I don't know. So you sound like you're inhaling helium. Yeah, it like sounds like you're inhaling helium. helium. It, what's going on? Well, it could be my phone. I don't know. I, I have a cool voice today. I, <laughs> I just didn't expect it to sound this way. So, Okay, so Larry Laffer and your helium, what's, what's going on? Nothing. I'm, I'm really just calling because what you guys are talking about. I mean, what's worked here? That she didn't have change or that she interrupted your, you in the hand. It, it's several things. Because, I mean, like, you, you're turning this entire thing into, like, a tripping system. When I don't really think that's the point. The point is that she can prove to him in a hand. Well, that, that's one of, that's the main point, but there's side points, too. That's a, there's several points here. That is the main one about the interrupting during the hand. The other side points are the, the hustling with the change, of not bringing ones on purpose so she gets tipped more. I mean, you know, and I'm looking to get into this debate on how much to tip. No, 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 no. Everybody, hold on. Everybody's allowed to tip what they want. If you want to tip them $100, you can. I don't care. It's your money. But, but what I want to say, though, is that as far as what is expected to tip, what is expected as the acceptable minimum to tip should not be $5. Hey, Trump, hey, Trump. What, is their, what is the way they look at anything to do with it? Like, what if that bathroom attendant, what if they're the 23-year-old hot girl? Are we not going to tip that? Well, then, they, then they're not, get, then they're not uh, living up to their potential as far as what jobs they can get. <laughs> I mean, that's why you don't. Honestly, that's why you don't see it. How, how many bathroom attendants do you see? How many girls cleaning the bathroom are, are hot twenty-three-year-old girls? Like none, because they they can do better. The, the truth is, if you're a hot twenty-three-year-old girl, you have a lot of options in life that the rest of us don't have. You know, if you which are, if, what? Which are they? They get favors done for them by everyone. Constantly, okay. people bending over backwards to give them favors, uh, hire them for for jobs, uh, support them. I mean, you wouldn't believe if, if you you were never a hot twenty three year old girl, so you don't know that. But believe me, I've watched it happen. That's that's why you don't see those girls in those shit jobs because they don't need it. You are painting with a broad brush, I believe. Well, there's exceptions to everything, but there is a reason why you do not see hot twenty three year old girls with terrible jobs. There's a reason well, for that. Because there, are, because there are no jobs anymore. No, come no, on. Yeah. That, that, that's that's getting this is getting insane now. That's, that, that, no, it's, there there are certain types of jobs that you just absolutely very rarely see very pretty young girls working at, and it's for a reason. It's because they don't need to take those jobs because they have uh, enough people, especially you know guys, of course, who are willing to do enough favors for them to either get them better jobs or just uh, support them in some way. Uh, if if you so, think like like people always say, white males every, are privileged. People say white males are privileged. You want someone even more privileged than the white male? It's the attractive white female or attractive female of any race under 30. They, they are really privileged. Now, it doesn't last. Once they get older, then it starts to go away. But, but at that time, they're very privileged. They, they can get so many things that, that others can't. I mean, and, and how do you know they're just there to, to make money to buy purchases? Stuff. I mean, how could you make all of these I, 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 No, I didn't say they, they're necessarily going to. I said that's the type of thing that they're doing. That I'm saying that you're not helping out a poor person when you're giving when you're tipping them. You're not helping out a poor person. You, what you're doing is you're you're helping out somebody who's already making a lot a lot of money on tips for a very 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 easy job. That no, that, that that job is so easy and unskilled. I could I could train my son Benjamin, who's five, to do it. How do you know they're poor? I, they're not poor <laughs> because they're making enough money at that job to where they can't be. That's why. 
Unless they blow their money, but then that's their own problem. <laughs> By poor, I mean they're not they're not making the person who's poor is the one who's cleaning the bathroom, making minimum wage. They are poor. I feel bad for them. Okay, I, I really do. I, I look at that person cleaning the bathroom, and I feel bad for them. I think their life must suck. This job sucks. They're barely making any money. They're barely getting by. This sucks. I'd hate to be them. I feel bad for this person. That's what I think when I see them. When I see the hot girls walking around and getting tipped for dropping six bags off at a time, walking 150 feet to do it, and, and probably making $100 an hour, I, I don't think, oh, wow, that sucks to be her. Uh, you know, Wow, it must be hard being a hot 25-year-old girl who's, who's making all kinds of tips for a super easy job. I don't think that. I mean, you know, just to, just completely sum up everyone with just that. I mean, it's... no, I'm not summing up everybody. I'm I'm talking about this exact situation. This is the this is the situation that they are that they're in. The, I mean, the, I, I, we're watching the tips be given. We're watching how many bags are dropping off. Uh, by virtue of being a, an attractive girl under thirty, they're going to have a lot of favors done for them in life. Uh, at least while okay, they're I'm also bankroll management. Okay, but let's be real here. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. You know what? If it, uh, but you know that, that's not the point. The point is here. Here, let me give you an example. If you went to go to a movie, and the admission was ten dollars, and, and the asshole uh, ticket taker lied to you and said fifteen dollars, please, and you don't bother to look at the price, you hand them fifteen dollars, and you get in there, and then you realize it was ten. I'm sure you'd be pissed. Even if you had a lot of money, you'd be pissed because you were tricked out of giving $5 the extra that you shouldn't have had to give. Now, is the $5 going to break you? Of course not. But it's the principle of the matter, and it's the same thing here. Now, this wasn't being stolen or scammed in this way, but it was hustled. It was a, it, it, it was hustled, okay? And that's that's the problem is that... Uh, and they're not the same thing. The, but the, no, I'm, making a, I'm making the point that just because it's $5 doesn't mean it's meaningless. It's the principle, and it's the principle that in an effort to get over-tipped, they are making it very difficult for people to tip them less un- un- intentionally. And then, if you t- and then if despite that you tip them what you want to tip, they get mad and punish you. That's wrong. Hey, I, I agree with you that the way she acted is wrong. I totally agree with all of that. I agree with that. And I agree that they should have changed. I agree with everything. I just don't agree with that you make assumptions that these chicks are poor or that they're privileged they're 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 making good money doing that and i'm not saying they're really rich but they're making good money doing that they're not like the minimum wage employees just struggling to get by and by by the fact that by the fact that they are an attractive girl under 30 they get are getting a lot of favors done for them in life and that's you can truthfully watch i don't know how old you are i think i think you told me you were playing that leadership larry game back in 86 so you couldn't be that young i played it and i'm not that young but I played that in the 90s. I'm 30. You're 30? Th- yeah. How could you have played that when you in 86 then? I didn't say I played that in 86. That's when I was born. How did you play that game? How did I play that game? How, how did you play an 80s you know, game? Where, yeah, right how did you even know about that game? How do I know about that game? Because the second one came out in the 90s. Okay, That's like, the one that I played growing up. Growing up, you still would have been very young. I, I, I don't care. Look, my my point is here that uh, if you're that if you are thirty, then you should know better than even I do that uh, that girls who are around your age and a little bit younger get hey, all kinds of advantages. I'm 30, I can still do that this stuff out here for people my age and below. There are no jobs. 
it isn't like your guys' generation. They're ten years old, thirteen years older than me. I don't know. But we're not ta- we're not having a jobs discussion. We're talking about girls who already have these jobs. So what are you talking about? They have the job. It's not about it's not about being able to get it. They have these jobs, and and the truth is here that uh, I, I'm telling you, even if a girl can't get a job, let's let's say let's say you're right, and that 23 year old hot chick just can't get a job because there's no jobs out there, which I don't agree with. But if you even if you want to say that's true, they will have so many guys who are lining up to do favors for them and, and help them out. And I've watched this. I've watched girls. I've known girls over the years who are pretty, who are in their 20s, who start you know struggle for money for whatever reason. And then they know various ass-kissing guys. They go, oh, I just can't pay the rent this month. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, oh, here, here. How much do you need? $500? Will that do it? $500? Like all these guys who, who throw money at them hoping it's going to gain favor with them. I'm not talking about like a prostitution thing. I mean like guys who just are friends with them hoping to get, get somewhere with them and, and kiss their ass and do them favors. They have that all over the place. Whereas if, if, if a guy has this happen, everyone's like, hey, tough luck, dude. It's your problem. Deal with it. Like that, or or an older woman who's not uh, that that happens to her too. They don't get that many favors done for them either. Uh, but, but guys, even less. But so that's one big advantage that that uh, hot girls have is that guy. People always want to do favors to them. And uh, hot girls always want to have guys do favors. No, they don't want. It's not that they want to. They they always have that option, and there's always guys falling over themselves to do it. If, if, believe me, if I was a hot chick, there would be so many people falling over themselves uh, to help me out with everything. Uh, giving yourself a little bit of too much credit. They would be, but I, not, but I, I said if I was a hot chick. I'm saying they're not because I'm not a hot chick. So the, no, I'm, I'm a, a dude in his 40s. Nobody gives a crap about helping me. But that's fine. I don't expect anyone to help me. But but nobody does. Nobody wants to. It's, there are some people who help because they like this show. That's a different story. And that's because I'm doing something they enjoy and they want to help. And I think it's very generous. But but by just virtue of being a dude in his 40s, like nobody uh, nobody's helping me to get in my pants. And that's fine. I don't expect what? that. But I'm just saying that I don't I don't have that. I don't have people uh, uh, throwing help at my feet uh be, be, because they, they you know they're hoping I'm going to have sex with them like that never happens because I'm just I'm a, a Why dude do in my I 40s. feel like we're having an interview with a cartoon character? <laughs> really? I mean your voice you sound like a cartoon character. Is this oh, the Larry I mean, that I, I, Is this the Larry that I've it, talked to off the air? This is Larry who talked to you off the air. It's the same Larry that that I've talked to that we've texted and such. Yes. Yeah. That you verified. Remember, I sent you an internet article. Yeah, that's you then. Okay, I, I just want—I didn't. Sometimes I feel like we're getting rolled. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for him to put on his real voice here and say, "Okay, now I was on helium this whole time." Like, I don't... are you waiting for me to say that I'm mumbled? I, I'm just saying you sound like you just—you uh, just took a big helium balloon and sucked on it before calling us. That's what I'm saying. That's what it sounds like. Actually, well, I just had a sore voice lately, and I've been okay. playing a lot of poker, staying up late. Okay, I'm just telling yeah, you, is what it sounds like. That's what, we're, we're always afraid people on this show are are trying to roll us or screw with us in some way. I am actually driving from home from the casino right now. I decided to call on my ride home because you know I figured your ratings are low anyway, so I couldn't drop them anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. For the show business. Okay. Well, okay. Well, anyway. I mean, really, how how? Did, that's why I call because I feel like guys are making. A big deal out of not even the biggest deal of the story. The biggest deal of the story is that she screwed the hand. Not that she was an idiot, didn't come back with change. Wait, hold on. Why did you take? Why are you taking a shot at our show? And our ratings are low. Our ratings aren't low. Why? Why are you taking a shot at us? 
Oh, I wasn't taking a shot. I'm saying tonight's show has. Oh, okay, okay, because of the the, the different and I times. I called because I feel like if I call in, half your listeners might turn it off. Okay, well, all right, all right. Well, th- thank thank you, Larry. We we got to move on to another topic. We've got a lot still to do. So th- thank you for calling, though. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was Larry Laffer. I can't. Can you can you play a soundbite of Woody Woodpecker? That's all, folks. Yeah, yeah. Was that an Acme production? (laughs) I think he was using an Acme cell phone. Yeah, that's that's... well. That that's definitely Larry Laffer because he verified that he sent me something that he did. But I, I don't. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I might. But I gotta go do the. uh, It's my. It's mom up at the. What's the thing again with the with the broom? I gotta get under. Oh, uh, the limbo. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Right go ahead, limbo. limbo. Okay, so we're gonna move on from this topic here. We we spent way too long on it anyway. Okay, so next topic. Jason Mercier had a bet with Vanessa Selbst, and um, this is I, I talked earlier about David Baker's bet that he offered people that you could reverse buy pieces of him, where basically. When he loses, you win, and when he wins, you lose. And you could reverse buy him at 1.4 markup, which is good for, you know, the higher the markup, the better for you. And I was saying that's a bad deal only because there's low reward and high risk where you're only getting a small amount from him if you win, and you have to pay him a large amount if he hits a big event. So that's why it's a bad idea to do. Well, Vanessa Self did something similar. She made a, a dumb bracelet bet with Jason Mercier, who was uh, acting very cocky and said, you know, I think I'm such a good player that I can win three bracelets this year. And they agreed to a ridiculous bet. Now, she claimed she was drinking, but I, I don't know if it's true. They agreed to a ridiculous bet that if he does not win three bracelets this year, that she will win $10,000. And that if he does win three bracelets this year, that he will win one million dollars. No, not even that. One point eight million dollars. One point eight million dollars. One hundred eighty to one odds is what was given to him. So he put up the ten thousand dollars, which is very easy for him. Jason Mercier has a lot of money. And then Vanessa started to think about it, go, hmm, maybe this wasn't very smart. Maybe, maybe I don't want to risk $1.8 million to win 10000 Even if I have the best of it here, maybe I don't want to make that risk because it's $1.8 million you're going to lose. The upside's too low. The downside is huge. I don't know how much money Vanessa has, but $1.8 million is definitely going to hurt her a lot. You may see all these big caches she makes, but she enters a lot of events. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money. Well, she's also sponsored by Parkerstar. She's a premier pro, too. Yeah. So we don't even know if, you know. Yeah, but still, $1.8 is a lot. So she started getting nervous. She started saying, crap, he plays a lot of these 10K events with small fields, and, you know, what if he runs well, and obviously he's a great tournament player, and, you know, what if he pulls it off? It's been pulled off before. Jeff, Jeff Lissandro did it. Maybe, maybe, what if he pulls it off? I'm going to be at $1.8 million. That's freaking sick. So she started panicking and, and uh, help, uh, hoping. Now, she also made a similar bet at 200 to 1 with uh, Dmitry Ur- Ur- Urbanovich. 
So uh, she made that too. But she was especially worried with with, with uh, Mercier. She really thought Mercier was gonna was might might do it, and she was, was getting afraid and really regretting it. She wanted out of the bet, and Mercier said, "No, f you. Uh, we made the bet fair and square. I'm holding you to it." If I win three bracelets, you owe me $1.8 million. If you, if you don't like it, then try to sell off some of the action to other people. See if you can get other suckers to buy in on this. Now, she tried to make the excuse, look, I was really drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. You're taking advantage of me. And uh, she said that uh, she started trying to get her friends to pressure Jason Mercier to shame him into dropping the bet, or at least allow her to buy out of it. Mercier said no. Bet's still on. So what did Mercier do? He won the deuce to seven single draw $10,000 event, event number 16. He uh, he finished with a second at the Raz event. Let's see. Let me get the exact uh, exact results that he's had recently. Okay, so this is what he's done this year in the World Series. He won the uh, the, the Deuce of Seven uh, low ball, event number 16. He finished second in the Raz, as I was saying, event number 20. So he almost won that one. And then he won another bracelet, the $10,000 horse. He also won. So Jason Mercier, a first, a second, and a first, and we're only halfway through the rest of the series. So he's he's already gotten very rich because he had other bracelet bets. He claims that he has won about $7 million on bracelet bets so far. How much did he win for winning these events? A total of less than a million dollars. He's won a total of, of actually less than 900,000 for all for for these three combined. Because these are these are 10k events but they're very small fields. So they're not they're not huge payouts. The the only one that it was a good payout was the 10k horse where you got 422. For the seven card Raz, he got 168 for finishing second. For the Deuce uh, of Seven low ball, 273. So, I mean, great results. I'm not downplaying what he's done, but he he's won less than 900,000. Whereas he's won seven million in his bracelet bets. Isn't that insane? And that's not counting this whole thing he has going on with, with Selbst. So I, I've heard, I don't have a confirmation, but I've heard that she has sold off the action somehow. But but anyway, this is what she wrote before this. I'm going to write a longer blog on this sometime, but for now I just want to clear up what went down on these bets. Day one, I get really drunk with Dmitri and made a bad, dumb bet. Day two, I'm filled with regret about that bet. Day three, I get really drunk and decide that the way to alleviate my anxiety about the first bet is to book more action since it's almost impossible for multiple people to win the bet. <laughs> Not the best logic I realize after the fact, which is ridiculous because even if that's true, what are you going to win, 10000 back out of, out of $1.8 What's that going to do for you? Day four, I explain the situation, ask Jason to cancel, and then buy out for $1,000. <laughs> Come on. $1,000 at the ridiculous buyout. We stop talking pretty quickly when he seems uninterested. 
Today I explained to Jason how I was disappointed he didn't let me buy out or cancel earlier. I offer a generous buyout amount, 100k, and he refuses. Now, I can understand taking the 100k, but can you imagine if she offers 1k buyout? Of course he gets pissed at that. He said, I'm not calling Jason evil. I'm saying I expected him to be more compassionate towards me given the nature of the bet and the situation. He didn't, and that was unfortunately how he chose to handle it. Multiple people can attest that I refused their action at 180 to 1 in the following months, and Jason's a better player than them. I said as much. I chose not to publicize this bet because I wasn't proud of it, nor did I want to even think about it. I unfortunately made the Dimitri bet in front of the pr- in front of the press, so that became public instantaneously. Only Jason mentioned this bet before the World Series, never me. So to everyone saying it's just sour grapes, obviously. Obviously, I don't give a fuck if he doesn't win a bracelet, and it's better if the story never came out. But now that it's relevant, I just thought the story mattered. Those are my thoughts. I don't want to belabor any of this, and I'm not looking for sympathy. I just thought it mattered. Tell me, do you think that... Um, she would let Jason Mercier out if he started running really bad, and it's like, like, hey, you know what, Vanessa? Absolutely. And you know what? The arrogance that she has that I've seen anyhow, especially not. Yeah, like what What if he started running really bad before the series, and he's like tweeting, man, I can't hit anything recently. I'm just, I'm just going to be a loser. I'm, I'm going to do awful this year. I'm going to go into series with no confidence. This really sucks. Uh, hey, uh, Vanessa, I, I don't like this bet anymore. Can I have my 10K back? Her, her response to his request for the 10K back would be, <laughs> There's no way she would give it back. So, so she made a bet that she later decided was bad, and she wanted out of it. You can't do that. I, I, how many times have, has, have you guys listened to this show made a sports bet where right after you've, you've made the sports bet, you go, oh, crap, I don't like this anymore. Why, why did I bet that? This is a crappy bet. You've regretted your bet. Can you go back to the sports book and say, I regret this bet. Can you give me back my money? No. Is this, are the sports book manned by a bunch of assholes who don't care? Well, maybe, but but no, they're not responsible to give you back the money morally or legally, and 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 Jason shouldn't be here. She made the bet, she made the bet twice on separate nights. She even admits this, so she can't even say I was so hammered. I actually made two different bets to two different people and was so hammered. She does it tw- two different nights. If you don't learn the first time when you're drunk and make a dumb bet, and you make a second time a few nights later, then that's you having a drinking problem. And guess what? If you walk into a casino and you're drunk. But not like fall down drunk to where they, they should be barring you. But you're drunk and you're not thinking straight and you, and you play terribly and, and, and shoot off money. You can't get it back. Everybody is responsible for their own decisions with their money. So th- this was uh, very obnoxious. I, I don't blame her if she wants to try to offer a buyout. That's been done many times before in prop bets. But Jason has every right to say no. And if he says no, he's not a jerk or an asshole or cold or insensitive they made a bet. She decided afterwards it was uh, better on his side, and, and, and then she wanted out of it, and that's not fair. Because the reverse, she would never let him out of it. So I, I've heard that, that she has since uh, sold off the—I don't know who was idiot enough to buy this, but she, was, she sold off this bet. Is, is that true? That's what she claims on Twitter, yes. Yeah, so, so maybe it's true. So— um, so anyway, that's uh, most people are not on Vanessa's side about this. She has some friends of hers that are backing her, like Ryan LaPlante, we're going to talk about later in the show, used to be a listener to this show, uh, who won a bracelet this year and has cashed eight times. He is a big backer of hers. And the funny thing is, you may think it's because they're both gay. You know, she's a lesbian, he's gay. But I don't even think that's necessarily true because he's actually kind of pissed at her about being a poker stars rep because he detests poker stars because of the supernova elite thing. He was he was super outspoken about the supernova elite stuff last year, 
So he's actually angry at anyone who remained with the site after that, including Daniel, including Vanessa. So the funny thing is, like, he's kind of pissed at her, but at the same time, he, he really... This story really resonated with him, and he kept really coming hey, out there bashing Mercier. I, I, yeah. I, I won uh, the first round, so I... Gonna be doing the second run. I'll be back in about ten minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Brandon's got to take off to uh, do the limbo again. Pretty good, you know. Brandon's forty years old, and uh, I, I never thought of him as really flexible. I mean, yeah, you know, he's not fat or anything, but I wouldn't think you of him see as... you seen me in my trunks today walking around. I the, did. The, I I saw you in your trunks. No, but I I, I saw you walking you around. Tell them your that we're roommates. No, I haven't mentioned that yet, but uh, yeah, we're roommates right. at the moment. And but uh, you know, I saw Brandon in, in his trunks, but you know, I, I didn't picture him as a limbo champion. That just was surprising to me. Did but, I okay. look bad in my trunks? Like, no, he didn't gross. look bad. He looked fine, but I just didn't picture. Oh, him. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a limbo body though. I'll say that. Okay, so so all right. Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to go on a long time about this. I just want to say that she was she was unreasonable. She supposedly sold off the the money, and. Uh, some people were backing her and calling Jason names for the whole thing. I don't think Jason did anything wrong. And, uh, look, Jason has been an amazing player. Jason, uh, had, you know, to have two firsts and a second here already, halfway in this World Series, and just always just, he's just always killing it. I don't know how he does it. I can't run that well. I'm not, I'm not just putting this on running well. Obviously, he's a great player. Everyone knows that. But, uh. It's amazing how some people are great players and also get the cards to fall for them. Uh, I feel I can't get the cards to fall for me for that long of a time. I like I have hot runs and then I just immediately get smacked down with awful situations. And maybe you know may, maybe my time's coming where I'm going to get that hot run that doesn't end and and I'll uh, win a bracelet, get really deep in the main, something like that. Even when I got 88th in the main, I wasn't running hot. I just wasn't losing. I I, I skated through almost six full days of just not losing. So, that's really what I did. Like, people say, how did you get to 88th in the main event out of 7,300 people? My answer was, I didn't lose. Not didn't lose hands, I just didn't lose the tournament. I just I just o- always was able to have enough chips to stay alive. I wasn't trying to do that. That wasn't what my goal was. I was trying to get chips. I just, I could never get it going, but I also was not busting. It was a really weird tournament. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not as lucky as some of these guys, but I'm not taking it away from Jason Mercier. He's a, an, an amazing player and uh, obviously has... Uh, very, very impressive poker skill, and uh, and we should all be jealous of him. <laughs> okay, so the Millionaire Maker, an event I like but did not play this year because of uh, scheduling conflicts. I played it every year. I think they, this is the fourth year, except for this one. So I played it uh, three years. Uh, the first year I cashed. The next two years I did not. And... Uh, This year I didn't play. But uh, this year they added a new innovation to the Millionaire Maker. Before, the whole thing was that no matter how many entries they get, first place is guaranteed to receive a minimum of... One million dollars. So that attracted a lot of people when they first had it in 2013. Got about 8,000 entries, which then was a record for a non-main event. So that was obviously going to come back the following year. That was a rousing success. Came back the next year. And it was getting around the same entries every year. It's kind of 8,000-ish entries. 
I didn't follow it really closely, but I, I mean, I knew I knew at the time when I was playing, but it never broke ten thousand, or even came that close. But it also didn't decline. It was kind of around eight. Well, somehow this year they decided that uh, they think it's going to blow up huge, and and they're going to not just offer one, but two million dollar prizes guaranteed. So first and second will get a minimum of a million dollars. So they thought that was going to really excite people because you don't even have to win to be a guaranteed millionaire. You could finish second and be a guaranteed millionaire. So people thought, oh, cool. Well, one problem the World Series has is they let the computer make decisions for the prize pools, and they don't bother to... Do a sanity check on price pools. This happened last year with the Colossus, the first year of the Colossus, when they paid a laughable six hundred something thousand for first with twenty two thousand entries. <laughs> they paid six hundred thousand, and they paid sixty seven thousand for ninth, which was also laughable. Out of twenty two thousand people, so that got a lot of criticism. And instead of saying, "Yeah, we screwed up," they made excuses. They just let the computer decide, and they don't bother to think, wait a minute, how is the public going to react to this prize pool? Does this prize pool make sense? Maybe we should manually alter the prize pool. The the computer is not the boss there. Ty Stewart's a boss. Jack Effel's a boss. Even to some degree, Seth Seth Polanski's a boss over there. But, But the computer is not the boss. They don't work for the computer. The computer cannot make decisions. It can provide information. It can't make decisions. So when the computer spits out a prize pool... They can modify it. But for some reason, they choose not to. So I'm going to go start from ninth and move up. Here are the final table payouts for the Millionaire Maker, which received 7,190 entries, so not quite as many. Not way, way lower, but not quite as many entries as previous years. So 7,190 entries for $1,500 each. Ninth place got... $96,000. And I'm rounding it. I'm not going to tell you the whole amount. But 96000 a change. Eighth place, 123000 Seventh place, 160000 Sixth place, 210000 Fifth place, 276000 Fourth place, 366000 Third place, an even 500000 Second place, received... One million dollars. And drum roll, first place. One million sixty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Second place is a million, and first place is a million and sixty-five thousand. That's all you're getting for winning first instead of second is sixty-five extra thousand when second's getting a million? It's going up by six point five percent between second and first? When between third and second, it's going up 100%? What? So, this is very, very, very non-standard and weird. It was. That, that's what it was. Non-standard and weird. Typically, first place is anywhere from double second place to like 50% more than second place. But it's substantially more than second place because winning the tournament is a big deal. Winning is much better than finishing second. Winning means nobody beat you. So you should be rewarded for winning. So second should get substantially less than first. There should be a big difference. Not a 6.5% difference, which there is here. 
So how did this happen? Well, you might guess it's because they had to award that million dollars per second and they got fewer entries than they were expecting. So since they had to award a million per second, that left very little over a million for first. Oh, well, nothing you can do, right? Wrong. They paid 1,079 places in this event. Remember, they're paying 15% of the field. So 1,079 people got paid. So they could have raised several thousand dollars Sorry, several hundreds of thousands of dollars Just by cutting off Like 5% From the payouts of everyone Except for first and second place Just cut 5% off of them Which isn't that much, you know You reduce each payout from the min cash all the way on up to third By 5% And you'll raise Hundreds of thousands of dollars And you just put this on top for number one And now you have a fair prize pool You fixed it why don't they do this? I like, why did they not do this? It's not like they had very little to work with. It's not like they're only paying nine spots. They are paying 1,079 spots. When you're paying 1,079 spots, there's a lot to work with because every time you save a little bit of money from each spot, that adds up over, 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 like, more than 1,000 spots. Like, how do they not think this? So this is embarrassing. This is an embarrassing payout structure. And it, it looked like a super satellite to the top two spots. The super satellite, of course, being a tournament where you are playing to reach a certain point, and then from there it doesn't matter what place you finish. So that that's kind of what this was. Like, once you make second, the tournament's over. I mean, yeah, you get $65,000 more, but compared to a million, that's nothing. To win versus second to get 6.5% more is a joke. So why couldn't they fix this? I mean, I thought I thought of in like two minutes how to fix this. Cut 5% off all the prizes up to third place. Put that money on first place. Done. So, like, do you think, uh, you know, the person who min cashes, and I don't know, they got $2,230 or something. If instead of getting $2,230, if they got uh, $2,118, do you think they would have cried foul? So, oh, my God, you know, why didn't I get $2,200 instead of $2,100? No. Uh, do you think if they, the person who got $366,000 for fourth place, that instead of that they got 348000 for fourth place, and they go, oh my God, I only got 348 I should have gotten 366 No. They'd say, okay, that's my money for Like they wouldn't even think about it. You're not cheating anyone by doing this. You're just making the prize pool standard. But this is a. Big screw up. It's it's an embarrassing screw up. Like they've got to have a sanity check for the prize pools. They've got to have someone, a human being who knows these prize pools, look at this and say, "Does this look right? Does this look like something that's going to be laughed at? Does this look like something that's going to piss people off?" Yes. Okay. Let's modify it before posting it anywhere. Now, once they post it, they can't change it. But before they post it, they can change it. So, ridiculous. I don't know if they're going to change this for next year. They they didn't give much of an answer. They just kind of said, well, that's what happens when we have $2 million prizes. I, I think they're just not going to guarantee both million prizes next year. I think, I think that's going to be their solution. The Millionaire Maker, I'm sure, is going to come back, though. You know, 7,000 entries is still a very nice showing. The event was still a success, even though it was a lesser success than previous years. Well, controversy has ensued over the rake in the 10K No Limit Heads Up event. 
Andy Block was one of the people who was raising a big uh, deal over this. By the way, before I start that topic, I, I'm seeing in the chat JSTAT saying, by making the millionaire top-heavy while screwing, screwing others is wrong. Well, I mean, what is wrong? Uh, prize pools, they're just kind of arbitrarily decided in the first place, but they're just kind of a standard we've come to expect. So if they're going to put $2 million first, you know, first place guarantees, then I, I think you know going in it's going to be top-heavy. I don't think it's wrong. I think you just know that going in. If you don't like it, don't play it. So I, I don't mind the fact that they did that. They just need to fix the prize pool if it's screwed up like that. After If the computer spits out something weird, you've got to fix it. That, that's what I think. Anyway, let me uh, let me get to the thing about the 10K heads up, which I agree with the players who are pissed off about it. I think they, they're getting double raked, some of them, and it's, it's not fair. And I, this has been going on every year, to my knowledge. I think it's only this year people really thought about it and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, something weird is happening. So th- this is what the points were. Uh, think about a heads-up event. A heads-up event has, by definition, two people at each table. Well, to make it to where everybody has an opponent to play the next round, you have to have a power of two as far as the number of entries. What is a power of two? Well, it's anything that you can t- keep multiplying two by itself to get to a number. So the powers of two are two, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, 2048, etc. Those are powers of 2. So if you don't have an exact power of 2, number of entries, then you're going to have people without opponents. Here's an example. Let's say you have 150 entries. That's not a power of 2. 150 entries, that's 75 tables of heads up. 75 people will win. Well, what do you do the next round? First of all, you have an odd number. That's the first problem. So one person can be left without an opponent. But let's let's even forget that. Let's say let's say the the, the seventy fifth guy who wins uh, dies. Okay, and so now there's seventy four opponents. It's even. Okay, good. They play. Uh oh, that's thirty seven people left now. He's got it in half because it's heads up. Now what do you do? Well, let's say again, let's say the 37th guy died again, which, of course, these things wouldn't happen, but uh, so then you have 36. Are we saved now? No. We go down to 18. That seems okay, but then 18 plays down to 9. Well, now you're stuck with an odd number again. So obviously, since you're not going to have people dying off during the event, uh, this is a, you can't have this. Like, you've got to find a way to solve it. So, so here's how they solved it. I mean, there's got to be a way to solve it. So the only ways to solve it are either cap it at a power of 2, and just say, like, when you get to 64, stop, 128, stop, whatever whatever you think it's going to be the approximate number to stop. Or give what are known as buy rounds, that is, leave people without an opponent where they automatically win against a non-opponent for the first round, to where the second round is a power of two, of who's left. So here's an example. This year's event had 153 players. So that's not a power of two at all. So the nearest power of two... Is is uh, 100, uh, 128 That is you know, without going over you, don't, you can't Have more than the number of entries the, the nearest power of 2 that's lower than 153 Is 128, right? So basically they had to structure the first round To where the field would get down To 128 When the first round was done So this way you enter the second round with 128 That's a perfect power of 2 Then from then on it goes perfectly 
So the way they do this is by having those buys to where certain people will not play and just go directly to the second round. So the way they did it was that 50 people would play the first round. That's 2 times 25. You know, two tables of twenty, 25 tables of two people. Heads up. We're going to play the first round. The other 103 players are just going to skip it. They're going to skip the first round. They're going to get a buy into the second round. So they started the second round, these guys. So about two-thirds of the field, 103 out of 153, just started the second round. The other 50 poor fools have to play the first round. Well, you may say, wait a minute, that's not fair. Why do these 50 have to get past someone to get to the second round while the other 103 just get to advance to the second immediately? And you're right, that is unfair. Now, it is random. It's randomly drawn. They could just say, look, that's the luck of the draw. If you were lucky enough to draw the buy, then you just get the buy and, and, and fortunate for you. It's like getting a good card. That's one way to do it. Or they came up with a way that's even more fair. And that is they cut the buy-in in half. It was a 10K event. They cut the buy-in in half for those that had to play the first round. Basically, with the theory, which is a good theory, that uh, by playing the first round and winning it and moving on to the second, uh, it's like having paid double for the event because you had a one-in-two chance of winning if you're an average player compared to another average player. So therefore, you had to do twice as much to, to, to get this far so, so the, you know, if, if you were to win the event, for example, if you started in the first round, you had to do twice as much as the person who, who, uh, who won in the in the, in the second round because you had to win the first I'm round. I'm back, by the way. So, so, so basically, what that's what they're saying. Hello. He, yeah, yeah, you're back. I didn't make it to the quarterfinals. That's too bad. No, no. you know what? You're gonna think I'm joking. Okay, honest to God, and I'm being serious. An Ethiopian beat me. Oh man. Yep. Well, you know, it's, uh, they have an advantage in some ways. Yeah. So anyway, the this the so you know basically you guys can understand the the first round if you had to play it it makes sense that you should have to, you should only have to pay half because there's only a one in two chance you're going to get there. So that's fair. So nobody had a problem with that. But here's where the problem came in. What about the rake? Because they're raking the event as if it's a 10k event. A 10k event at the World Series is raked six percent. So that means 9,400 of the 10k goes to the prize pool. The other 600 goes to the Rio, of which some of it is distributed to the dealers and some of it is kept by the house. Okay, that's standard for 10K events. So for the people who entered directly in the second round, that's fair, and it's fair that they paid 6% rake because they paid 10000 they paid 6% rake, they paid $600, great. But what about the people who entered the first round that got a $5,000 refund? The people who got the $5,000 refund, not to the ones who won, if you play, had to play the first round at all, you got $5,000 back. Because basically it's two people putting in 5000 to enter the same round, which makes 10000 which is the same people same people are paying to enter the second round. Okay? So I'm sure you understand. So what about the rake? If now these people are only paying 5000 to enter, or they're technically paying 10000 and getting 5000 back, should they be raked as if they are entering a $10,000 event? No, of course not, because they're entering a $5,000 event. The people entering the second round are entering a 10000 but they're all entering a 5000 event because they're entering in the first round and paying $5,000. They are paying $5,000 to enter, so their rake should be based upon the $5,000 event. They should pay half rake. 
Well, guess what? It turns out that they are paying the full rake of $600 on their $5,000 buy-in. So for these 50 people, they paid double rake. They entered a $5,000 event and paid rake as if it was a $10,000 event. It's just wrong. That's like doing my 25 plus 5 limbo and doing 25 plus 10. Right. Just like that. So they were pissed. And Andy Block brought this up. So uh, he said... uh, that's the, that's the WSP spin. They failed to make the structure and rake clear before and should be held to the lower rake. He's saying that since the if they stated this beforehand and said, look, the people who don't who don't get the buys are going to have to pay the full rake anyway, and they're going to be basically double raked. That's the way it is. Then people know that going in, and whatever they you know, if they agree to it, they agree to it. But the World Series didn't make this clear. Now, in their defense, I don't think I think the World Series just was incompetent and didn't think about this. I think they, they just kind of thought, okay, here's a fair thing to do for the people who have to pay the first round, play the first round versus those that don't, that uh, we'll just give them half their money back, which is right. That's the right thing to do. But then they didn't think about the rake. But the dumb thing is when it's brought up to them, they should say, oh, yeah, you know what? You guys are right. Here's your, you know, here is, uh, here's half your rake back too. But they're not. So instead they take a full rake out of it as if it's 10000 and they refund you the 5000 which is totally wrong. So they're basically taking money out of the prize pool uh, for double raking. And uh, h- here is Jack Effel's response. Instead of saying, yes, we're double raking it, he says, all players in the heads-up event paid the same fees. Some won $5,000, others more. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. What, what's he saying here? All of them paid the same fees? That, that's a fancy way of saying... All of them paid the fees based upon a ten thousand entry, even though some only paid five. But what's this about? Some won five thousand dollars, others won more. What does that mean? Who won five thousand dollars? Is that a prize? Like, is it possible to win five thousand dollars in this event? No, there is no prize in this event for five thousand dollars. It's a ten thousand dollar buy-in. There is no prize where you could win five thousand. So, what does he mean? Some won five thousand dollars. Well, the way Jack Affle was putting it, this is really what he meant. If you entered the first round and lost, because you were in the first round and they're giving you that refund, you won $5,000. Let me make this clear to you guys. I I could be like Scotty Wynn and have a pet monkey, okay? I could bring my pet monkey, who would be over 21 years old. They live a long time, these monkeys, okay? I could bring him down to the 10K Heads Up event, and say, you know what? My pet monkey is going to play the first round here. He's going to play. And they'll say, is that right? And the monkey's going to go, And say, okay, see? He says it's right. So they sit down the monkey. He gets the pocket aces. Uh, the, the, his opponent, who's a human, gets the po- uh, ace king, so he's in bad shape. Yeah, the opponent. My monkey's in good shape. Unfortunately, instead of uh, going all in, uh, the monkey flings poo at my opponent. And, and he's disqualified from the hand. So he loses. Uh, the monkey then uh, proceeds to lose every single hand and is out of the event. According to Jack Effel, my monkey, who entered the event, did not win a single hand and busted, but got a $5,000 refund out of the 10000 because he had to play the first round. He won $5,000, and he now has an official World Series of Poker cash. 
I'm, I'm not kidding. Those who entered the first round in this event, not only did they get double raked, but if they entered the first round and lost, if they never scooped one chip from a pot, they get credit for a $5,000 cash in that event. Isn't that insane? So not only are they double raking it, but they're, they're screwing up the whole cashing system by claiming someone cashed by losing. It's one thing like in that DraftKings 50-50 event last year, which Brandy and I both played, where, where if you get like past half the field, you get two-thirds of your buy-in back. At least there you could say you won something because half the field got nothing. You won two-thirds of your buy-in back. Here you won nothing. Here you are guaranteed, if you play the first round, to do no worse than getting half your buy-in back because it's just a refund. It's not based on what you're winning. They're actually giving you a refund because you're forced to play a round that others are not. That's not winning. That's just paying a lesser buy-in. And it was figured out mathematically. In fact, I verified it. I'm not going to do the equation for you, but it was figured out mathematically that, yes, they did rake $600 out of every single entry, every single one of these 153 entries, regardless of whether they paid 5000 to enter or 10000 to enter. So Andy Block responded back saying, taking $600 out of 5k and counting it as a cash... Is BS and you know it <laughs> he, he wrote that to, directly to Jack Apple You know he's right It is BS Jack Apple does know it And th- this is really crappy I, I hope they change this for next year Now what I'm, what I'm afraid that is happening here Is I'm afraid they won't change it Because they're afraid if they change it That they'll, have, they'll be responsible to give people money back For the previous years where they double raked it like I, I'm afraid they're going to keep doing it this way just because they don't want to have to retroactively refund people for the past. But definitely this year, that's what they're doing. Definitely this year, they're not going to admit they made a mistake because this is kind of like the middle of the whole thing when this is pointed out, and there's no way they're going to say at that point, "Oh yeah, you're right. Here, uh, let's throw some more money back in the prize pool that we didn't." Because then people are going to say, well, "Okay, what about 2015? What about 2014?" Then they're going to like, then it's going to. Everyone's going to demand it retroactively they, they didn't want that mess So instead Jack Effel entered this double talk About the, the ridiculous uh, uh, You win 5k if you enter the first round No matter what happens And everyone pays the same fees So again in the World Series defense I don't think that they did this on purpose As a malicious way to double rake I think that they were just stupid They didn't think about it And then it was pointed out to them It was in the middle of the event And they didn't want to admit they were stupid So they just pretended like this was right all along so, very dumb. Here's here's uh, some stuff in the chat room. Uh, the X Factor said Jack Effel is saying, bend over so we can fuck you up the ass. Uh, Beer and Poker says, has anyone calculated how much rake was taken in the summer for all the events combined? No, but it'd be an absurd sum of money. It's wrong to the overall player pool who cashes. Yeah, that's who gets screwed. Uh, Lou Father saying, My favorite dandruff quote of all time is when he asked Brandon if he ever had a girlfriend or ex-girlfriend who suddenly died before... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I was stupid to ask that because I was... Uh, I, I was forgetting myself. I was forgetting that Brandon had a uh, very uh, traumatic experience there with Brandy Hawbaker with uh, with her death. I just It was just it just escaped me for a moment. I was just thinking... I was thinking about... Exes that I had, like I, I've never had like a girl, a long, 
like a serious girlfriend like Brandon did who who passed away, but I, I did have some girls I dated before that that ended up dying. Or that's not true. No, I did have one from a long time ago who passed away like like 13 years later. Or 16 years later actually. So I had that, but uh I I I've never had a girlfriend like like die like shortly after we were together. That that I haven't had. So yeah, Lou Father mentioned that in chat. I shouldn't even have read that. I was just kind of reading the chat verbatim. That was a dumb moment on my on my part. All right, so uh, a uh, former poker fraud alert radio listener, Ryan Laplante, he is gay. He's openly gay. I'm not outing him here. He's been openly gay for as long as I've known of him. He has a fiance who, of course, is male. He's from Minnesota. He's actually from Brainerd, Minnesota, where the movie Fargo takes place. A part of it takes place. And uh, Ryan is a professional tournament player. Never really blown up huge. Kind of seems to get by, but I I don't know that much about his results, but he's not someone who's just, like, balling big time. And uh, this World Series... I started noticing, like, he's just, every event he's entering, he seems to be tweeting about going deep. And, I, you know, I follow him on Twitter because he was once a listener to this show. I met him two years ago at the World Series. He complimented me on the show, said he listens every week and loves it. And he was very nice. Got along with him well. And and I respect him for being an openly gay poker player. It's, it's, it's in some ways tough because there aren't that many. Now, I, I think there's a lot of people who wrongfully assume that the poker world will be very intolerant towards gay male poker players. I think they assume it would be that way, but the truth is uh, most players don't care. Most people just don't care if there's a gay guy at the table. They, re- they really don't. So There may be a few who do, but uh, not really very many. Most people are like, okay, you're gay, whatever. You know? like that's, that's really the attitude. So anyway, Ryan is one of the few out gay male poker players. The the best known out gay male poker player, and the first one, in fact, was uh, Jason Somerville. He's very popular now because of his Twitch. But Ryan Laplante is not anywhere near as well known as Jason Somerville. Ryan Laplante, after a few caches this year, then proceeded to win a bracelet at the $565 entry PLO event, event number 12. Unfortunately for Ryan, that was a bittersweet night for him because it was it was sweet for winning the bracelet. That was great. But as a member of the gay community, he was horrified to turn on the news and see that in Orlando that a, a crazy uh, terrorist, probably an ISIS supporter, killed 49 people at a gay club and injured 53 more. So it was uh, they targeted a gay club, and he killed 49 people before the the police finally killed him. Very tragic situation. I'm sure everybody knows about it. Uh, this affected Ryan a lot because he's a gay man, and uh, you know it kind of felt like his people. And uh, you know, to for everybody to see that thing, it was you know you felt bad for all the people who got killed. But uh, especially if you if you're gay yourself, then then you think, wow, that could have been me. That could that, that's my community. So 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 this is the same day he w- he wins the uh, the bracelet. Oh, Brandon, it's, it's kind of noisy in the background. Brandon. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. No, it's just noisy in the background. You put oh, that I'm so, well, because I'm at the club. I know. I know. I I know. We got to utilize the mute. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. So anyway, 
he he made a speech. He wasn't expecting to. He was just gonna yeah you know, that the bracelet ceremony. He was just expecting to take his bracelet like everybody else, not say much or anything at all. And uh, that was gonna be that. But because he was feeling very emotional about the whole situation with what happened in Orlando, he decided. Like the same day of the bracelet ceremony, which is the day following the uh, the win, that he was going to make a speech. So number one, he uh, he actually asked his uh, his boyfriend to come up and present him with the bracelet. So he had his boyfriend be part of the ceremony. I, I don't believe his boy- boyfriend plays poker. At least I don't know who he is. His name's Chris something. But he made a very very emotional speech where he cried during the speech, and I'm going to play it to you. It's not that long where he's talking about uh, both winning the bracelet and how it felt to be a gay man on the the, yeah, the night of this Orlando Now, Masquerade. I'm sorry, uh, speaking of bracelets, did you see you won the, the, the one contest that you were in? Yeah, I saw I saw Ian John's one. Yeah. Right? yeah. So. Must be nice to run that well, huh? It is. It is great. I wish I could. 1,100 chips in uh, day two of horse to start. He wins the motherfucker. And then, and then he, he didn't get that good of a start. Not a terrible start. He didn't have that good of a start in this event either and wins. Yeah, so. And it's the third bracelet. He also won the same event I did a year later in, in 2006. So here, here we go. Here's uh, Ryan LaPlante in his speech. Today, Rep Porter and Ryan LaPlante were awarded their gold bracelets as the latest tournament winners at the 2016 World Series of Poker. LaPlante, an openly gay 26-year-old poker pro, did not originally plan on making a speech, but changed his mind after learning about the horrible mass shooting in Orlando that targeted a gay nightclub. After being presented his first WSOP bracelet by his fiancée, Chris Katona, LaPlante approached the podium and delivered a heartfelt speech, which Card Player TV presents here in its entirety. So, uh, I wasn't going to give a speech today, but June is... Sorry. June is Gay Pride Month in the United States, and last night at a gay dance club in Orlando, the largest shooting massacre in U.S. history occurred, in which over 50 people lost their lives, and even more were sent to the hospital. So, even though I wasn't going to speak, I've four things I wanted to say. First, there's so many people that I am so deeply grateful to. Everyone who's been so supportful over the past few years, but especially my fiance, Chris. Yeah! And I love him so, so much. Secondly, I'm so proud to call myself the World Series of Poker Champion. Please 
Why does CarPlay have to play their obnoxious music over that? Why? Why they had to? Doom, 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 doom. I hate CarPlay. They they really suck. I, I see Jeff Shulman and Barry Shulman around the World Series, and I think about how they took all that money from Lock Poker and led people into depositing there when they knew it was a scam, and it kind of pisses me off. And then this is put out by CarPlay. I I didn't mean to play the beginning. I didn't want to give them any promotion, but. But they're playing music over the end of his speech, like he's kind of crying and walking off stage. Doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of that uh, card player either. But I love that article, uh, the fish tank by Scott Fishman. You ever read that one? Is it still around? No, it stopped about nine years ago. Yes, yeah, I thought. You can read it in the archives all the way up until 2006. <laughs> The fi- in the fish tank. Do you remember that? Yeah, the fish tank. <laughs> he used to have like a hat that said the fish tank and a shirt that said the fish tank. He was Whatever happened to him? Uh, he he was like the Seth Green of poker. You know, he would take any little any little job given to him. He would he would he would be the spot, the official pro at some kind of like tiny Vegas tournament uh, just so he get the free forty dollar buy in. Like he he was really doing things like that. Listen to this crap again. Listen to the music again here. Is, is that supposed to be like gay music? Like what's? I, I don't get that. It's just let the speech speak for itself. I, I let, just just let him do it. I, I don't mind the intro. The intro is fine, so people know what they're watching. But like, like just let it let it play and then just end it. So dumb. Anyway, yeah, congrats to Ryan. Uh, but he did one thing that pissed me off. Wait, who's Ryan? Ryan Laplante, the guy who won the the gay guy who won the the. Oh, he he listens that. to he listens to our show all the time. It, you know what? No offense to him, but I already have a number one favorite gay player. I know, I know, but you know who it is? Mm-hmm. Okay, say so, well, tell them then. Yeah, Jason Somerville. Yeah, I right. Yep, yeah, I'm I'm on Team Somerville. Yeah. So so anyway, Ryan after this continued. Wait, wait. He listens to our show regularly. He did until at least until two years ago. Then this rainbow flops oh. thing, I think, pushed him away. I asked him. I asked him right after he won the bracelet. I said, "Hey, by the way, do you still listen to the show?" He said, "No, I haven't listened in a long time." Like, damn it! It's two years oh. ago, he told me he listened every single week. Does he know that PLO guy? Yeah, he must be there. There, he was like very big in the Rainbow Flops thing. He was very big. I, I, I was kind of confused because I knew Ryan. Monkey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I knew Ryan liked me. I knew like not you know not like me like me. I knew he liked the show and he liked you know he liked me and 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 uh, I knew. What, did he like me? I don't know. He didn't tell me. But but what I'm saying here is he he listened to the show and really liked it and and and, and like. Then I'm hearing that PL, uh, PLOL was pressured by someone in Rainbow Flops. He's a kid with a dream, anyhow. Not to listen to the show. And then, like, I'm thinking, well, it couldn't have been Ryan because he, he seems to like me and he seems to like the show. So, like, I, I, and then, like, when I interact with Ryan, he's never hostile towards me. And, and like, I, I, I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. And I, I don't know. Like, maybe they pressured Ryan not to listen also. I don't know what the hell. But I thought he was, like, the, 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 the president of Rainbow Flops. I, I don't understand. But then uh, – he continued to cash more events, so he played the fifteen hundred limit hold'em, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I ended up at his table, the one where I chunked off all my chips, and I had jacks against his eights. The board's nine seven four, of course, a rainbow flop, and he gets six and ten turn and river to knock me out with a runner runner straight. So brutal. So that's what that's what happens, and so he cashed a seventh time, and then he ca- he played in the 08 event with us, Brandon, and cashed there too. 
Yeah. So he has eight caches this year so far. Would that have been a record like five or six years yeah, ago? Yeah, people can't really figure out what the record is. Everyone's confused. But, but yeah, that would have been a record at some point. But he still has time. You know, he, he's, he's going to play a ton of events, so we'll see. Ding. You know, remember that show when we, we when Sonatine kept messaging you and we kept getting dings on, on the show? Yes. I, I actually I actually named that show that ding you do. That that would be a good name for this show too. We're getting a lot of dings here. Ding. But yeah, I, I it, you know, I hate to admit this, but when I had my jacks against his eights on that 974 board, I should have felt great, but I'm like, "Oh shit, it's against the guy who has a bracelet and seven caches. I'm going to lose this." And then I lost. Like, I, I didn't cause it because the money was all in at that point. But, like, I was like, oh, crap. This is, like, one of the luckiest guys this year. I'm screwed. Jeff, are you going to come to the club when the show's over? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? It depends when we finish, actually. It's getting late. But, anyway, let's move you're, on. You're doing uh, the solace tomorrow at what time? At 11. Now, did you talk about us being roommates, given maybe a little idea of what a – Dan, the life of us hanging out is well. Yeah. So, no. so yeah. So, Brandon, we'll we'll here. I'll, I'll take a break from the uh, World yes. Series talk. People like to hear the everyday stuff too. You know. Yeah, we're actually almost done with the topics here, truthfully. So, uh, so here, here's here's some stuff that's going on with, with just some everyday stuff. I I left the Rio on the 18th. Yeah, I, I was on split, your own will. By on the my way, own will. Too. I was not thrown out. I I just I got up and left. Okay. I went on Rio tilt and said I can't I can't stand it anymore. Got to leave. I left, and uh, and Brandon has a a lovely suite at a an undisclosed location, of course in, in Las Vegas on the Strip. But uh, uh, Brandon said, "Hey, would you like to come stay with me?" Not again, not in Brandon's home. Brandon lives in Vegas, but I'm not staying at his home. I'm actually staying in a hotel with Brandon. But it's not that I wouldn't have you in my home, though. I no, just... I know. But Brandon was getting this hotel room anyway, so he said, "All right, well, would you would you like to to stay here like a roommate, almost like we're uh, yeah we're, we're college roommates, or uh, or even uh, if you wanted to go further back, even like an old school uh, sleepover from the 1980s, from the early 80s or something." So, uh, so I said, "Sure." So I've actually been uh, Brandon's uh, hotel roommate here, and not only have I been his hotel roommate, but uh, we've had various. Uh, Poker fraud alert people come up to this room. Well, one of them, I'll say, a Trader Ruski. He came up here, and uh, I have an intern, and he has an intern. The intern's been up here. The intern played yeah. uh, low limit online poker like all night while we were sleeping, and we trusted him not to steal everything. <laughs> and we really did. Like, like we, you, you want to hear trusting we are? We with this this intern here. We actually, uh, the intern was sitting on Brandon's computer playing online poker while while uh, while. We uh, both went to sleep, so he could have just like ripped off everything from here. We would have not known. We both we literally both went to sleep and left this guy alone in the room. No, nothing happened, but we we did. We were that foolish, so we did that, and uh, we've gone to meals, and it's 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 been fun. We've played some boxing. Some there's been some activities, like yeah. you know, right? It's yeah. So uh, yeah. So we, we've we've this degenerate gambling. Not, I got some limit hold'em lessons. Yeah, that's true. I, I actually sat, I sat with Brand, Brandon. Watched me play uh, on 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 Bovada and WSOP.com. and uh, even though later in the evening I didn't do very well and got beat down, uh, at least no. But you took some bad rivers. No, that I, ace on the river. Yeah, I, I, he saw me take a lot of bad beats. Uh oh, I think someone's located us. I mean, come on. I think I've been located. Hello. 
Caller. God damn it, they figured it out. How did they figure it out? I don't know. I mean, maybe because I've talked about it. They what, fig- did they say anything? No, they just sat there. But it's obviously a listener figured it out and called us here. All right, put the phone off the hook. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not good. really that hard to guess. I no, mean, I know. You know. But the, so anyway, yeah, we, we so we did degenerate gambling. We uh, we went to, we watched the NBA uh, game seven together. We went to v- various meals. It was surf fun. and turf. It was had surf and turf. It was, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It, yeah, it. You know, it was nice. Too. It was good. It was well timed too because it helped get my mind off of the fail. If I had to just sit around the Rio there and and and, and tilt off about the uh, about the ten k and even about the fifteen hundred, what happened to me? Like I, I would have been miserable. Like this helped me get my mind off of it. And then tomorrow at the summer solstice event, which I'm not going to call that the extended play event, I will be able to enter with a clear head and and play my best at that event and hopefully make some money for you guys. So. Uh, yeah, it's been fun here, and uh, I'm going to be returning to the Rio. You know, all good things have to come to an end, so I'm going to return to the Rio, which is the— Of your own will. I have my own will. Of my own will. I mean, Brandon's not kicking me out, but it's a better place to be while I'm playing events for obvious reasons. So that's where I'm going to, I'm going to be playing the event. I'm going to go back there tomorrow. And uh, so it's, it's, it's been fun. We've, we've done this here. And uh, so let's see here. Uh, a— Next topic here. It's a very quick topic. If if you want to read the World Series of Poker updates, where they have that stupid pop-up where you have to sign in, and we've talked about that on two previous shows, so I'm not going to rant about that again, but uh, CalWatt, well, he was very nice to provide a, a technical way around it, but the problem is CalWatt's a very technical guy. And I'm a technical guy, but a lot of you are not. A lot of you are, I'm not putting you guys down for it. Some people are just not into the you know the computers and programming and all that, and that's fine. But I, I, I like simplicity. I like encouraging people to I, I like when I like presenting things to people that they can very simply do. And even though Calwatt did put it he, he laid it out very clearly, but I can Wait, who? who who did it? Calwatt. Which one's that? Uh, you know, the guy the Hanson Kids friend. Oh, the guy that does a fraud show with us. Yes. So, where is he tonight? How come he's not on? I, I don't know where he is, but that's okay. Well, that's kind of irresponsible. No, 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 no. Maybe get Northern California guys <laughs> pronto. He offered to come on too. He just never, just kind of never oh. happened. But, but the, the uh, anyway, even though Calwatt laid it out very clearly, I wanted something very easy. You know how I am about like the show being easy to listen to. I also wanted the updates to be easy to read. So I'm just going to tell you guys two really, really simple things you can do to read updates for the World Series of Poker without logging into that stupid uh, social media platform. If you are on an iPhone or an iPad or really any smart device, oh my God! Now they're calling on line two. I, I can't. I can't. I don't know what I can do about this. They actually call. How, how do I, I? I don't know how to. I can hold, to just, hold uh, line one. Yeah, and then and yeah, yeah, this is awful. Why do we have to have two lines? Okay, so anyway, uh, what I was gonna say here is. If you have a an iPhone or an iPad or any kind of smart device that can access this browser, download what is called the Dolphin browser. It's a separate browser. It's not Safari. It's not Google Chrome. It's a separate browser called Dolphin. Just Remember, search. tell them about the Google on your phone, the Google app, too. No, no. Apparently, that doesn't work for people. It does. It works for me. I've for some people, it doesn't work, so I'm going to tell them to get Dolphin. I have people reporting to me it doesn't work. So get the Dolphin app. The Dolphin, app, the Dolphin browser, it's free. And you can browse WSB.com without any stupid pop-ups, and you can read everything. If you are on your computer, on your PC, 
than just use Internet Explorer. If you're on a, a Mac, I don't know what you're supposed to get, but uh, but uh, but I can tell you on a PC, Internet Explorer will work to browse the World Series updates without anything further done. And on a smartphone, get the Dolphin browser. Very simple. Late registration. I'll be the final World Series topic. We've talked about it before, but I, I had a, among our other uh, things we did last night, we had a uh, a fireside chat about late registration at the World Series. We really sat there and talked about it. Okay. And I want to talk to you guys about it. The World Series of Poker policy is you have eight levels to register late in an event if they're 60-minute levels. And if oh, you not... and I talked about that all snuggled up in bed. All right, separate. Queens. Hey, 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 hey. Well, it was, it was Queens. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so so we you have eight levels to enter uh, late, which is very you know, very late. Eight levels. Each level is an hour, or even more. If each level is ninety minutes, like at tomorrow's event, you have six levels, which becomes nine hours into the event, you can register late. <laughs> that uh, that Mercier boy wants it just to be able to come in day two and just start playing right there. Right. The so the, yeah. so here's the problem. You might say, well, these people are stupid. They're entering at a disadvantage. Instead of having eight or nine hours to accumulate chips, they're going to come in very short stacked, you know, because they, you enter with a full stack. You enter with a full starting stack, which, of course, is very short stacked by the time eight or nine hours have passed. So you may think, well, these people are idiots. They're pretty much giving their money away. Why not allow it? Why not let people be stupid like that? Well, because it's not really a disadvantage. Because by entering with a starting stack eight or nine hours into the event you have also survived eight or nine hours into the event which by then more than half the people sometimes even two-thirds of the people sometimes even 70 or 75 percent of the people have not survived so you're you're entering with an edge over all of those that have busted already and have zero chips and you can't normally do this if you enter an event and say okay i'm going to try to survive by folding every hand i'm just going to fold every single hand i'm dealt even aces what would happen to you? You'd blind out. You'd lose all your chips because you'd just blind out. That's the problem. That's why you have to play hands. But here, basically, someone is able to do the equivalent of folding every hand without paying the blinds. That's really what they're doing by entering late with a full stack. And that's very unfair. Now, in case you don't agree, let me give you another example. Let's say the World Series changed their policy and said, guess what? We're going to let you enter even later. Now you can enter all the way up until the money is hit. So as long as the money has not been hit, even on the bubble, you can enter late. So you could enter on the stone bubble. Do you think that would be a good thing to do? Of course it would be. Because while you'd be very short stacked, all you'd have to do is fade one person busting, or just double up yourself, and you're in the money. You would make a lot of money over time doing that if you could enter on the bubble, right? I mean, it would be a huge edge. I would do it every... If I could enter I, on the bubble, you, I would, just, you could be a professional bubble boy. I, I would be. I would, that's what I would be. If I could enter on the bubble, that's all I would do. I would enter on the bubble every time, and I'd make a lot of money doing it. Because sometimes, once in a while, sometimes I'd get unlucky and not cash. But a lot of times, I'd make it past it, and you know, be, there'd be people starting with shorter stacks than me at that point. They'd bust before me. I'd make the money, so I'd already have a profit. And then from there, I, some of the times I'd get lucky and make really deep. Just because you have a short stack doesn't mean you won't make it deep. You know, look at Ian Johns. He had eleven hundred chips. He won a bracelet. So so you can 
uh, you, you also are going to run very deep and win a big money sometimes in this situation. So the fact that you can you could enter on the bubble, which you can't, but I'm saying if you could enter on the bubble, the fact that you've survived all the way to the bubble is a huge advantage that very much overcomes your disadvantage of starting with a very short stack at that point. So let's dial it back a little bit. So, so, so you can't enter on the bubble, which is too bad, because if you could, I would just do it constantly. But if you can't, the question is at what point between the bubble and the starting point of the whole event, at what point does it stop becoming a huge advantage to enter late? We've, we've already all established, I'm sure we all agree, that entering with a full stack on the bubble would be a huge advantage for anyone. So if that's true, at what point is it no longer a huge advantage? 10 before the bubble? 20 before the bubble? Like, like, when is it not a huge advantage? I contend that entering 8 or 9 hours into an event with a full stack even if it is starting you short stack, is deep enough in the event where this is an advantage. Now you may say, okay, well then why don't you do it? Well, the problem is I don't play that many events. I choose events I want to play. And the one disadvantage to doing this is that you're, for the beginning of the uh, of when you enter, it's all luck. If, you, if you've got to win the first hand or you're gone. You're going to play like one hand and either either double up or be gone. So, like, let's let's take the 10k limit hold'em. I could have entered that super late. I could have entered that like moments before I actually really busted. But I, again, I would have had to play one hand out, and 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 you know, good chance of busted with that would it, that would have been it. Well, I wanted to play that event. I wanted to do well in that event. I wanted to run chips up in that event, so I had a chance to a better chance to win it. So, even if it would have been positive expectation. To enter at the eight-hour mark rather than the, than the zero-hour mark, because I actually want to do well in that event because I can't play that event every day. Uh, I chose because of liking that event to enter the beginning. But if you don't care, if you just want to enter event after event after event, and you don't really care about the individual events, but you just want to enter as late as you can and see where you can get with each one of them, that is not a bad strategy at all. And guess who uses that strategy? a very successful tournament player known as Phil Helmuth. Do you notice Phil Helmuth is always entering really late? Why do you think that is? Phil yeah, Hel- he, uh, he came in that one main event dressed as an emperor on a little pony. It's you true. That one? Yeah, a, Ro- he's on a Roman uh, chariot. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Phil Helmuth is obviously very rich, so the money doesn't matter to him. So he doesn't matter. it doesn't matter to him if he enters a 10K event really late, plays one hand and bust. To him, that, that, that's worth it because uh, he doesn't want to waste the eight hours trying to build up chips. He wants to either double up quickly and then try to run hot or, or just go home. You know, this always reminds me of a funny story. Can I take a second and share that funny yeah, story yeah, with you? Yeah. This was at the heart of the poker boom, and Phil Ivey was playing the, uh, what's the event? I've played it. The, te- the, the commerce one. The big one in the spring in commerce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What is it? Uh, LAPT. Yeah. So he was playing it, and he sat down, and he had a golf tee time that day. So from the first hand on, he kept going all in because he either wanted to double up, go play golf, literally blind down, and come back. This is literally from the first hand. So he do- I remember, he doubled, or the first three hands he shoved, nobody called, and he wanted action. And just got the blinds 
On the fourth hand he shoved, he got called. He had like seven something, seven four. Got called by Kings and didn't improve and got up and left. And that's just a perfect. I mean, you know, I guess it's a little bit different, but that's somewhat similar in the sense that, you know, it's just the money doesn't even matter. Like, the money doesn't just, matter, and then it's actually right. it's actually a strategic advantage because you're entering so late to where as long as you don't care about the variance of shooting off a lot of buy-ins to uh, um, to possibly run it up. I, I think the fact that you're entering at a point where so many people are already busted well, is an advantage. It's like it's like the limit hold'em tournament that that you know not to bad memories, but the 10K you were in. I remember reading a tweet. It was around six to seven p.m. It was from Negreanu, and he said, "Gonna take a nap for a couple hours, then jump in the 10K limit." <laughs> and this was like at six seven at night. Yeah. So here's the problems I have with this. Number one, it's unfair because they're entering with a full stack, and basically, as I said, it's the equivalent of folding every hand without having to pay blinds. And it's not fair. Why should why should anyone be able to fold every hand for free for for eight hours and and, and still have a full stack? And that's what they're doing. But it's never going to change because of the money factor. Right, right. Because the World Series wants to make more money. The World Series the World Series allows it because they know that events conflict with each other, and they want people to be able to enter as late as possible so they get more and more rake. So they don't want people to be shut out because they, this, they were playing day just, two. Let's, see, let's just examine this further and realize that all the big – or I shouldn't say all, but most of the big buy-in WPT tournaments allow you to enter up to, like, level four of day two. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's insane. I and, mean, so you don't even need to play day one? Yeah, so so the problem is here, this is, this is just saying if you have deep pockets and you can just enter these events and not care about the money uh, – and not care about the fact that you may just get one hand. It's not even, when I say not care about the money, it's not like you're wasting money. It's just that you're you're going to get very little play for your money, and and the very beginning is going to be complete luck. If you don't mind that, like if you want to take all your Jew millions, you could do this for a living. Travel the WPT, what have you, and just play day two. Mm-hmm. And then you just could. hope to get lucky at the beginning. Yeah, and then I've already survived it way past other people. I, I cash a whole lot of times. Uh, it's it's not fair. The, the whole point of a tournament versus a cash game. But is then it, little Ben would go to school, and then they'd mock yeah. him. Your daddy is a day tour, and then it just—you know—it would, you know, would be yeah, it, 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 would, it wouldn't be good. So the the whole point of tournaments, the whole point of tournaments here is that everybody's on equal footing once you're in the tournament. Now, yes, there's different buy-in tournaments. You know, some people can afford to play, play twenty-dollar buy-in tournaments. Some can afford to play a million-dollar buy-in tournaments. But the bottom line is, once you're in the tournament. It doesn't matter how well-rolled other people are because they can't rebuy. Because you've all started with the same chips. You all play under the same rules. And when someone busts, no matter how good they are, no matter how rich they are, they're gone. They can't come back in. They can't reload. They're, they're just gone. They're out. And you have the, So you have to perform the same way they have to to succeed. Everybody's on the same footing. This, this, it's different than like a cash game. Where you're against the guy who has so much money he doesn't care and can just keep uh, you know, rebuying and, and, and try to run you off hands because he thinks you'll be afraid of him and and yeah you know, there's there, there's so many different ways that the cash games are different but in, in tournament poker everybody is supposed to be equal but this makes people unequal because what it's allowing the rich people to do the ones with deep pockets who don't care about the money who don't care about only getting one or two hands of play in for their ten thousand dollar event is it allows them. To come in late when most people are already gone, start with a short stack, hope to get lucky, and then play from there. If they get lucky, then play their normal game. If they don't get lucky, oh well, I played two hands, I'm going home. And it, it's it's very unfair. 
And I think it's giving them an advantage too. That's not, that's not allowed. It's not not only is it is it making a mockery of these tournaments for them to enter this late, but it's giving them an advantage that shouldn't be allowed. Tomorrow, I'm going to see people entering at the nine hour mark, not including breaks. The nine hour mark of play at the extended play summer solstice event. It's gonna it's gonna disgust me. There was an Asian chick. I didn't know her, but I was doing you know I had kind of like an average stack, maybe a little below average at the nine hour mark. She sits down at the at the very very last minute. Looks down at her hand. Ace King. Isn't that nice? She she bought in nine hours late, gets Ace King, raises a guy to her left, three you know, th- put, puts her all in. She snap calls the Ace King. He's got Queens, Ace Flop, she doubles up, she's got more chips than me. Couldn't that really it. truly is a summer of solace. So that young lady it was. It pissed me off, and then and sure enough she cashed, and sure enough she actually outlasted me. We both cashed, but she outlasted me. I put in nine hours for nothing. And that young lady you met in Bakersfield 18 years ago today? No, it was no. An, it was an Asian girl. No. Oh. Yeah. Because normally you tell the story and you build it up. No. It's like the plot. No, the, no, the, no, the, the, no, the payoff here was the child. No, but the payoff here was that she she cashed deeper than I did. So oh. it, it's such a joke. Like it's making a mockery of the beginning of the tournament, saying, "Hey, some people are too rich to have to play the early stages of the tournament." Now, here's my solution: let people register late. But have a fixed amount of chips taken off of their stack based upon when they enter. So for the first two hours, there's no penalty. First two hours, you can enter late, start with a full stack. After two hours, take off uh, a certain percentage of chips. After three hours, take away uh, even more chips. After four hours, even more chips. And all the way up to eight hours, take you know maybe you enter with a half stack at that point. And then and then uh, and and then after that, you can't enter at all. But don't let them enter with the full stack. It's BS. It's it, it really is just letting them fold every hand for eight hours with no blinds. And if you think it's fair, think of one other thing. Let's say you show up to the tournament. You sit, you, you buy in. You sit down. And before you play your first hand, or you play you play one hand, you fold it. You get dealt seven dues, you fold it. You go, oh, my God. I feel really sick. I need to lie down. They won't let you leave. I mean, you can leave, but you're, 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 you'll get blinded out. You could not say to them, hey, I want to unregister because you already played a hand in the tournament. So if you went to go lie down for eight hours, your stack would blind down. If someone in this situation said, hey, I feel sick, I'm going to lie down, can you guys just leave my stack and not blind it off? You'd laugh at this person. You'd say, that's crazy. You entered the event, you played a hand. Yes, we blind you off. That's the way it works. But yet these people who get to enter eight hours late, they get to do exactly that. They get to sleep in, do whatever the hell they want for eight hours, and they don't blind off. It's not fair. So I hate it. I'm, I'm even going to send a complaint in about this at the World Series. They probably won't give a shit, but I, I just think it's really unfair. I may even like start a petition about it. It just pisses me off. It, it, it feels like – I just feel like certain deep-pocketed people are just uh, – they, they, they're too good to play the first eight hours and, and – uh, and I, I have to play the first eight hours. They're just going to throw money at it and not have to play it. Then to see if they can get lucky. And It's BS. The Riviera Hotel. First non-world, non-world series of poker topic. That has been destroyed. They have... Uh, they blew it up. Controlled demolition. One of those many controlled demolitions in Vegas where everybody comes to watch. Brandon, have you ever gone to one of these? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Yeah, I've seen so many since I've been here. It doesn't uh, really draw my interest when people ask, you know, do I want to go to one? You know, blah, blah, blah. Did you see on TV? I saw the old uh, Aladdin, which, you know, is now Planet Hollywood. It was the old Aladdin, then it became the new Aladdin, and then Planet Hollywood. I saw that go down. I saw the Frontier, uh, which is across from Wind Go Down. I saw Desert Inn, which is now Wind Go Down, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, you know, I, I've seen it a lot. I don't want to be, you know, arrogant and say, oh, ho-hum. But, you know, I've seen enough of it. it you know, it's once or twice is more than enough for me. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense, kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I just, I've seen it. You know, I've, I've, actually never, I've actually never been to one, but I, I don't know. It just seems like there's going to be, like, a lot of dust in the air. And I, I don't know. I just It doesn't appeal to me. That I, like, it kind of seems cool, but on the same, the same time. They I'm have kinda... vendors actually selling masks out there. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. I believe it. They do. So the Riviera was... was uh, destroyed it's uh it's been a has-been for a very long time it's 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 not in a good location it's across the street from circus circus it's on the very north end of the strip but not downtown but like just like it's i don't really consider that the strip uh it's not a very good neighborhood people don't really just people don't really want to be there it's kind of has a sleazy old school vibe to it that uh uh it had no future it really had no future so this was inevitable and do you know what they're doing with the property i don't even know Yes, it's. Uh, this is according to my my pop, and he's normally right on target. He said he read in the paper it's just going to be convention space. It's not going to be a hotel. Okay. And I, that's what he said. He said he read it, you know, in the Review Journal. Uh, so. Interesting. Yeah. They actually have like the whole block there between there and 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 the old Las Vegas Hilton, which is now the Westgate. They they don't really have much on that. Like it's only that was there, and then there's something behind it that I don't know what what that was behind it. Just some buildings. But uh, if they made that whole area a convention space, that could actually be a pretty big space. So no more Riviera. Another uh, long-time old-school Las Vegas hotel is now 70s, 80s. Looks like such a different place. And I, I remember it. I remember coming here in the 70s and what it looked like. Even though I was a kid, I remember it. I remember the landmark. With the big L. I want to give some clarification regarding the World Series of Poker.com status match. I used to always say a good thing about World Series of Poker.com is that you can email them and they will match your total reward status immediately and you'll earn more rake back. So if you're platinum, you get platinum on there. If you're diamond, you get diamond on there. If you're seven stars, you get seven stars on there. Wrong. Not true. I thought it was true. But it's only partially true. Yes, they will status match, but they will only status match once and they will only status match for new accounts. So what defines a new account? I don't exactly know. I, I couldn't exactly get full clarification of what makes you what is new before you play a hand, before a month passes. I don't exactly know what new is, but but here is here is their basic stance on it. They don't want people constantly emailing them saying, "Oh, I just made diamond and total rewards. Make me a diamond on here. Up, oh, I just made platinum. Make me a platinum." Like, they don't want that. They want if one time you want to ask them to upgrade shortly after you sign on there they'll do it for you if you want it years later like if you sign up and you're a gold which is the bottom tier and then three years later you make platinum you can't ask them to upgrade you to platinum they don't want that so the reason they gave me for this is that aside from seven stars which both for total rewards and for world series of poker.com is a yearly thing that once you've earned it you have it the entire year their other statuses are only kept monthly so whatever status you earn on WSOP.com from playing, 
you only keep it for the current calendar month and the next calendar month. If you don't play enough to maintain it, you lose it. Whereas if you earn like platinum or diamonds at total rewards, you keep that all the way for the current calendar year and the next calendar year. For, so for example, if you earn platinum this year at total rewards, you keep it till January 31st, 2018, even if you never put another penny in a machine at a Caesar's property. Once you've earned it, you keep it all the way till two calendar years later. But that's not how the the WSOP.com works. There, you only keep it till two calendar months later. So, f- because of that discrepancy, they don't they don't want people to attain a status uh, to, to to instantly attain platinum or diamond. Uh, just by emailing them and say, okay, well, give it to me again, give it to me again. What they mean for you to do is keep playing. Now, I always thought this is a flawed model because it punishes tourists. Because, because you, you get you get rake back based upon what your status is on WSOP.com. So you get much less rake back or no rake back. Uh, Jeff, we, can, I, can I interject for one second? Yeah. I'm sorry. <coughs> I've been texting, <coughs> excuse me, I've been texting back and forth with that Hanson kid. Uh, you know, we've got a little closer over the summer. Uh, as you know, you know, we both met him, very nice kid. He's going to be calling in now, so look for the call. Okay. I invite him to join us for a okay. couple minutes. Okay. So, 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 so the, the the bottom line is, uh, unless you're unless you're a seven star, they're not going to just let you keep your status. So even if you get a mat- match to your status, it's only going to last two months, and then they're going to take it away. So, like, if you're diamond, you can say, "Hey, match me to diamond." And if you're a new account there, they'll do it. But then in two months, it's going to be gone if you don't maintain it. The only status that's going to maintain there. Is seven stars. What about if you're Butters? Won't they just give you the whole world in a handbag if you're Butters or no? I, I think Butters is going to get stock in Caesars pretty soon. Butters is just, uh, I, th- I think they're going to rig the deck for him so he just always runs well. I heard uh, before he had resigned that part of one of the perks he got every morning, Gary Lovelin, Lovelin, what was his name, Lovelace, <laughs> wake up and make him an omelet right in his kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Butters, how would you like your eggs today? <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, they uh, that's a clarification. I had a radio user contact me saying, uh-oh, I'm having trouble getting matched uh, to Platinum. That's the problem. You also have to do it right when you make your account, or they won't do it at all. So you can't even say, okay, I'll take it for two months. No. If you, So here's the strategy. If you are going to sign up to WSOP.com, I would wait to sign up if you are planning to earn status on Total Rewards. Because I'd wait to earn that status first then sign up to WSCP.com, then ask for the match, which will only last for two months unless you're seven stars. If you're seven stars, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep lasting as long as you remain seven stars. Maybe we should do that. Have some sort of matching status on the fraud site. <laughs> if you came from another forum with so many posts and a little nickname, we'll match it for 30 days. That's true. Well, it, we, we can, name the, we can match the nickname. They can always choose that. But, yeah, maybe we can uh, match. Uh, but, you know, on, the, on the, the one site with the one guy that uh, warm regards, they have like Centurion, or they have old shoe, or old bag, or you yeah. Know what I'm talking like that, like a two plus two matching program. Yeah, yeah. yeah make you a Centurion uh-huh. right away. Maybe, maybe yeah. we can do that. And we it'll last more than two months too. We'll let it last the whole year. Okay, so uh, finally, a an internet poker bill has passed the Senate in New York. Now I don't like talking about these topics because they, it never seems to go anywhere. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get uh, go dance. How okay. long is this poker topic? It's gonna be short. All right. I'll get uh, a so, so New York is the second most populous state in the U.S. behind California. It is one state that people think could sustain an online poker room that wouldn't be a fail site because there's a, enough population there. Even New Jersey doesn't have enough population for that, but they think New York does. 
So the, the, an internet poker bill actually passed the state senate with a surprisingly wide margin of approval. I think like 53 to 5, something like that. So that seemed like great news. They were like, sweet. <laughs> it's coming. It is coming to New York. Online poker is coming to New York at 53 to 5. The problem is, despite the wide margin, 53 to 5 approving online poker in New York State, the New York State Assembly decided that they weren't that enthusiastic about it, and it has to pass there too. So the Assembly, they haven't outright rejected it, but they decided not even to take a vote on it. They, they set it aside. So this passed the Senate, and they got to the Assembly. The Assembly's like, ah, now we'll vote on this later. F it. It's just, we're not rejecting it. We're not voting against it. We're putting it aside. Now, sometimes they put it aside, and they never come back to it. Other times they put it aside and actually vote on it. But there was no enthusiasm in the Assembly for this. So it has temporarily died over there. It may come back, it may not, but don't don't get too excited. Don't think, oh boy, online poker's coming to New York State. Because it might not be. Because it's, it, it died in the Assembly. I shouldn't say it died. It has uh, gotten suspended in that chamber. So... Maybe it really is dead, though. I'm reading that uh, New York State Rep. Gary Pretlow said that the online poker measure was dead in that chamber in the Assembly. So I don't know. I th- I think it's not going to go anywhere. I think that uh, the Assembly didn't want to do it. They just they thought it was unimportant, threw it aside, and that's that. So probably not that good of news. Now the handsome boy is saying he called to participate, and he got the voicemail. That's not good. Maybe that's why we haven't gotten many calls. The Larry Laffer uh, Porky Pig got through. I mean, how can your nickname be Larry Laffer and you sound like a cartoon character? Well, Larry Laffer's from a game from the 80s, but... Yeah. Anyhow, keep an eye out. Maybe, do you have the number for that Hanson kid? Uh, oh, wait, I see. It says missed call, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's on you. Wait, no, that's on him. Well, that's a different... Hold on, this is on here. Well, I can send you the Hanson boy's number. Oh, no, we did get a call. I, I got it. I got it. Okay, well, give him a call. Yeah, it's, it's weird it's this missed call, but I didn't see it coming in. Weird. All right. We're gonna, if we're... I had to say that the Somerville boy is my favorite gay poker player, then the Hanson kid would be my second favorite L.A. poker player after you. Oh, thank You'd you. Be not, or California area, okay. whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, all right. If I can't be you, then it's him. I was rooting for him in that 08 contest today, the 10K. Yeah. Jason Mercier is going to win it. But anyhow, he just registered. Go ahead, let's call the Hanson boy. You know what's weird is I can't. I'm trying to enter. I'm trying to add him. Let me try this again. Add to call. Such a freaking fail. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Hanson kid. Yes, Hanson kid. Uh, we're done with our topics, but if you'd like to uh, interject anything or, or throw anything into the show before we finish, uh, we'll take this river phone call. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted. And by the way, if, if I if you lose me, I'm just going up at an elevator right now. Uh, I'll give a call back, but hopefully that won't happen. Um, I, so you guys, you guys probably went over the Brandon All American Dave thing. Yeah, we did. Yes. 
Okay. I, now, so, be honest. Be honest to me, Bart. We met face yeah. to face. We shook hands. You can criticize me. Just be honest. Everything I said was 100% truthful. What is your take? Well, here's my take on it, Brandon, and I, and I do totally believe you. Um, I've actually been a customer of Dave's since the beginning. He first started in 2008, and I think I got in halfway through that year <clears throat> when they used to just have people deliver like once a day. This one girl would come and deliver you know, once a day, and I've always ordered his food. Now, you guys know I own part of a restaurant. I used to bartend, and I'm actually a big tipper. Check this out. I have never tipped those girls when they deliver the food. But here's the thing. I've actually never gotten any type of dirty look or any type of inkling that they are ever expecting it, even like hanging around kind of like a cocktail server um, at the Rio. I mean, I read your thing, Brandon, and I just wonder, is it possible that maybe that girl didn't have change on her and she sometimes people say hi to me and you know they occasionally think i'm an asshole because i'm doing something else or it could have been taken in a, in a way where maybe she was just a little bit in a hurry or agitated that she didn't have change but she wasn't necessarily tip hustling because my experience with them is that that's never been the case at least with me well okay a couple of points a why wouldn't they have change on that and if you listen to, you know, the entirety of the, the, the talk or Reddit, uh, Dave himself in a private correspondence with me stated that he felt like an idiot, quote unquote, or dumb for not providing them change, which he'll do in the future. Um, okay. I, don't, I, did, I never knew that tipping or not, or, you know, or not tipping was expected or, you know, I just thought it was proper. But the tone and the okay. way it went down, it was 100% hostile. Maybe she had a bad day. Maybe something had occurred, but that's not my problem. I'm playing... In a $1,500 tournament, I was very polite. Uh, I mean, I, you know, now looking back, it may be a little bit of it's, my, of it's my fault just considering they are busy and I should have the appropriate change, but I'm just no, thinking how no. hard it is. You, you don't need I mean, to I, change. I, I, I mean, but the, 100%, there's nothing that I could have done or reflected to her that uh, was improper. I mean, I was sitting at a table and I just politely asked for change. No, that's fine. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't question anything that you do. And I haven't listened to this and I haven't seen really what's transpired, but I think that sometimes Druff goes a little bit overboard and a little bit quick because I saw a tweet from Druff saying that all American, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, that all American games should be should be banned from the Rio? For no, sort of. I, I, I think they should be banned over this. I said that if they're going to interrupt people playing and, and feel that they can do this without without any kind of consequence, they should be banned. And that's funny because okay. I would, you know, Bart, I would, I would guess that you are a good tipper. And the fact that you're telling me that you've never tipped, and I've seen your tweets that, you know, you're ordering from there. Right. It's kind of mind-boggling because right. maybe that makes me think that most people don't tip. But there's no possible way that Dave is paying these girls, you know, a very high hourly wage. So I always surmise that's where they were deriving their income from, from tipping. There's no way he's paying them fifteen, twenty an hour. You know, I always thought maybe they were getting minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage, and the rest of their income was coming from tipping. And it so seems to me, I, I also don't understand why people aren't tipping because at Commerce, when they bring you food, everyone's tipping. So it's the same thing. Yeah, but there's, I mean, listen, like I said, I am a really, really big tipper, and I remember when they first started doing this food delivery that no one 
really ever tipped. This was kind of coming about over the last few years. And that's because like a lot of the, the, pre- the, the, the you know, the food price is high because of the corkages Dave has to pay to the Rio. Um, I don't know if he pays the minimum wage. I could have sworn, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, he asked me a few years ago if I knew any girls that wanted to work because he pays them, I think what, like I said, this was a few years ago, 15 or $20 an hour. And then I think he said sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of tips that go on. But maybe that's changed now when everybody I, I know nothing looks. I, I know nothing about that. I couldn't even. Yeah. I, I assumed it was opposite, that they got a low wage or maybe, you know, maybe a couple of dollars above minimum wage and that the you know majority of their income was tip based. And it makes I sense mean, to I, me. It makes sense to me because everyone who plays cash is used to tipping the food runners over there. It seems like the same thing to me. I mean, even at the Rio, when, when, when a server will come by or, you know, cocktail waiter or you know a waitress i'll get a coffee and a water and i give two dollars right that's, that's I what i see too everybody every time someone gets a water or anything from them they, they give it like a dollar per drink oh absolutely and i always tip the so, so that's I, why I that's why i, I think it's weird the that they're not getting tipped there but you they know got... what i mean maybe listen there of course is that possibility that i'm wrong and they're not used to getting tips so when i ask her for change I mean, maybe maybe that makes sense. That's why they bring me a five. I I, I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I, I would ask I Dave. I I mean, I would be really interested to know what how often those girls are are tipped because I do see them drop off shakes and drop off food, and they're not always getting tipped. And that's why I think that this could be a big misunderstanding with, you know. And then Dave saying, "Oh, well, well now that I think about it, they probably should carry small change, but maybe it's not as common as you think." Well, let me ask you this then. So then why would have there why would there have been hostility after probably at least 35, maybe even as high as 50 tweets over the years for orders that I was admonished in a rude manner and told that I can no longer order my food via Twitter because I asked for change and she had to come back with change for me. Well, do you have a you don't you bought that meal individually, of course, right? I, but I've always I've always done that. I've always bought it individually. And they okay. know that, you know, well, and I'll say in my tweets, cash customer my seat, and you know, and no problem. I've never, no one's ever once said to me. I yeah, it very much looked like a punishment. It very look, much looked like she was frustrated about the change thing. I've uh, always. I don't. I. I got to be honest with you guys. I've seen them tweet back at people, and maybe it's only this year, and maybe that has gone back in the past, Brandon. But I've seen multiple tweets this summer um, directed at someone saying that, you know, we'll deliver it this time, but or you need to have a meal plan to have your food delivered. But why would you say that only so, after the whole change debacle? Why would you say that as soon as you're dropping it off? Well, I'm sorry. And also consider the fact maybe because I've had a history and they know I'm not going to be some weird guy that orders food and isn't at that table. They've allowed me to do so because I have an established history. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, one's ever, no one's ever said a word to me about it. Never. Not once. I mean, if I, I just, had... Like I said, I, I just know, like, I know Dave. I've known him for eight or nine years he, he seems to be more like one of the nicest guys oh I've and, and you know what, but and bart i talked about that on radio that his he responded to me immediately and yeah. everything he did was amazing in terms of rectifying the situation apologizing he offered me compensation which i stated i didn't want i mean he, he was a perfect gentleman it's not you know it, it wasn't the issue wasn't about him at all it just you right. know but a couple things just don't make sense i mean you know, why was she hostile? I mean, and that, I wanted to and the other money. thing, too. Right. And the other thing, too, is, is that I've actually, and I'm sure Dave has instructed the girls, like, I've never seen 
a girl interrupt someone in the middle of the hand, I can probably with a hundred percent certainty say Dave pulled them. Hey, when, you know, this is folklore when people are in a hand, don't, you know, they'll stand there. So the whole thing is kind of bizarre to me because I do, I a hundred percent believe you, Brandon. Um, but the behavior that you're describing, I think is very atypical because I've never seen, um, one of those girls act that way. And I, like I said, it, it obviously happened to you, but I just think maybe it was a one-off. And the, and the other you know odd I mean? thing was either a day or two days after this occurred, there was a tweet sent out uh, by Dave in regards to asking for potential employees that he needed help. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that coincided with anything. And again, he, he uh, asked me to meet him the next time I'm at the Rio, which will be Tuesday. At the, well, I'm already registered to play the 2500 on uh, Stud 8, Omaha 8 on Tuesday. And I'm going to walk over there, probably get there a little early and, and chat with him. Um, but, you know, a lot of the things you're bringing up, you know, I guess maybe make it a little bit more sense. I mean, if you've never tipped and you've never had a problem, then I, I, I it, it then how could anyone get mad at me for under, t- I don't know. It's just very bizarre. Very bizarre. Now, 80, now maybe 80, you know, I will say 80, 80% of the time I actually go p- pick the food up, but I'm, I've had the del- food delivered at least a half a dozen times to me this year. And then in previous years, it was always delivered to me. And I never really expected there to be a tip, and I had never seen anyone tipping before. So it's kind of weird when I saw people on the poker fraud forums or anywhere else saying that, oh, I tipped them a minimum of five bucks, and I'm scratching my head, and I'm like, that, I've never, I've I, never, that's not I have, typical. I've never not tipped. <laughs> I, every single meal yeah. I've gotten over four years, I've always given uh, – Two to three dollars, and it's been three dollars steady the last two years. Maybe I gave two, but uh, this year, last year, it's always been three bucks, just straight across the board, right. always. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I think we've discussed this to death. Well, here, but thank, yeah. thank you, Hanson. No, but don't, in, let's not hang up on the Hanson kid but, yet. I want to know. Let's you know about his World Series. Anything he wants to talk about? We got to you know. He's a he's a contributor now. Bart, tell us. Uh, you were at a final. He was at a final table too. We got to you know give him his props. Tell you were at. Yeah. Uh, well. I'll say that, you know, if, for people who love poker and uh, it takes them a couple of days to put up the archive stream from each night on the WSOP.com, but all the games have the whole cards in them now. It's amazing. So when I played the Raz, they had the whole cards. When they did the 10K Horse, they had the whole cards of all the games. So it's really, really uh, cool. I mean, I finished seventh in that Raz. I came in kind of short. And, um, you know, sometimes in Raz, you just don't, there's just nothing playable. I lost the one hand that I Tell basically us, played against Mercier. I was just going to ask you that. Since you had an opportunity yeah. to play with him, can you t- tell us a little bit about his playing style? I mean, obviously he's doing something different than most, or, just, or maybe he's just running so hot. Can you, is there anything you can add in just regard well, to his I style mean, spe- in general? Specifically from the Raz event, i got to be honest with you, from the reports that I got and watching back the stream, he was just running very, very pure. Now, I had played with him two, uh, for about a two-full, a double level when we were at 10-handed. We got frozen at 10. I kind of got a little screwed over because they converge at 9 to the stud final tables, and we were playing fast, and the other table of 5 had Roy D on it, so they were playing really, really slow, or Ray D. And it was like me, Pescatori, Ms. Rocky, Mercier, and Raysner playing really, really fast. But he didn't seem to get out of line. Like, I mean, the, the one – and I was actually pretty impressed with his play. And when I went back and watched, like, the Raz, it's not like he was, like, you know, opening from under the gun with, like, a 5 up and a 3 and a 10 below. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the hand that he beat me on 
I was in a steel swaddle before, and I had a nine deuce underneath. He had a king up, so he was the bring in, and he made a pretty light defend with six eight underneath. So he had king up and six eight underneath, and he ended up making an eighty seven, and I made like a nine, uh, you know, a nine six smooth. And it is what it is, but um, you know, obviously he's running really well. He was getting a lot of cards in that Raz event, um, but I didn't see him do anything like super special in the Raz, except not, you know, not make mistakes, things like that. Right. Yeah. And what, what is, uh, what's on the agenda for you? I, I guess you're going to be playing the uh, 2,500 on Tuesday with, with me. Yeah. Right? I'm going to play the 20. Yeah. I'm going to play the 2,500 OE on Tuesday. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do some commentary with Talkman for that 08 event, which is going to be with both cards. Hopefully they'll start that up at time on Tuesday so I can get like three hours because I got to hop in the OE at least at level three. Um, and then there's five k. There's a five k no limit, a three k no limit this week, and then a ten k stud eight. Um, unfortunately, I have to skip the monster stack to play that ten k stud eight because some of these extended level fifteen hundreds, like on like tomorrow on Monday, and the monster stack. If you make it to day two, it takes a long time to cash, so I can't back that up into a big event for me, which starts at three p.m. day because I could miss the event and like min cash. I'm not gonna fucking do that for fifteen hundred. Right. So it's unfortunate for the, you know, and that's why I skipped the 1500 this Saturday. I mean, today was my event. I'm really distraught. I'm more upset today than I'm you're, upset about getting knocked out of the main event. You're like you know? Druff was two days ago when he had a decent amount of chips and then ran, ran awful. He had three, what, he had over three times the starting stack pretty early, right, Druff? Yep, I was the, like a chip leader. And this is there in the 10K. Yeah, event. I never got any chips. I mean, the thing about the thing about split pot games is you can hang around and hang around. It's I always try to tell people this and to my students too. Like split pot tournaments, limit split pot tournaments are a different beast. It's tough to get knocked out. It's not like in no limit hold'em or in a one way limit game, but like in no limit hold'em, if you've got five big blinds, you're gonna have to get lucky. In a split pot event, you can sit there with two or three big bets. And uh, I had two bets, and I almost quadrupled up at the beginning of the last level. I almost made it back to the average when I got it in on a 9-9 deuce board with aces. And a guy had, like, ace deuce 5-4, and he backed into a low. He backboard a low. But if he misses that river, I'm back up to the average. But people panic, and they play really, really bad. So that's why it's disappointing, because you can really hang around with, in split block games, and specifically in study at no Omaha A2. Interesting. And let me ask you one last thing. Uh, we had talked about uh, a few minutes ago the fact that certain people have been standardly registering late, even as you know, as much as almost nine hours into a tournament. Uh, what is your stance on that? Do you think it's? I mean, do you agree? Does it bother you? Someone can get a full stack, you know, so close to day two, so close to the money. Well, what is your position on that? That's interesting. I had a discussion with this about with Rep Porter about this too. And specifically the PLO events too. Like you can fucking register those PLO events whenever and like you're already like there's only like thirty three percent of the field left at the last level. I don't know the tournament theory or math behind it, but I I, I wonder in terms of E V if that's ever the right play. I mean, PLO is a, a tur- played as a tournament game, there's no anti. And people play it like there's crazy antis, almost like what Sklansky said before the poker boom above no limit is a dead game because it's, you know, there's no antis in it. But then all of a sudden people were playing with invisible antis. 
the most boring final table, David tells me, Talkman, every year is the 10K PLO because the guys that get there know what they're doing. and All they're doing is playing good hands and there's no ante. But for some reason, people go out early in those events. They play it crazy. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting question about how you can enter with a stack and have like 60 or 70% of the... Um, you know, the field gone. I mean, maybe they want to adjust that and then, and, you know, say that you have to enter, you know, by level six and then keep getting blinded off. I'm pretty sure in the 50K, which um, I'm up in the air with the 50K. I want to see how I do. I'd really like to play that. And I would basically do no markup for anyone that would want, you know. Have you, ever, have, you ever, sure. have you ever played that event before? I played it in 2007 when it was horse. But the problem that year when it was horse was that they didn't do it by hands, did it by time. They timed each round. So limit hold'em was such a huge factor in that. Oh, wow. And then I think they changed it the next year because obviously you know like and how that's long the it's been that's the way, that's the way it should be. It should be based on hands. That, that's kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But I was going to say, at 50K, you can enter in day two. And I was looking at the structure, and day two, it's like, it's still 40 big bets in day two. And like... 150 big blinds deep, like in the, or 100 big blinds deep in the, uh, the no limit, in the no limit, in pot limit. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. Wow. It's a shame that they don't allow a tag team because we could have Druff in the limit hold them. Yeah. You and the Razzin stud, I take the Omaha and then we pull our money together. Yeah. By by the way, Brandon, can can you kill the sound effects back there? Can I what? There's been sound effects the whole time in the background. I mean, I mean, I'm at a nightclub. Druff, what do you want? That'll be. Drop, when are you leaving? When are we going to hang out? Where are you going to go party, you and I? Yeah, that's well, Brandon. Uh, the three of us. we got to get together. Yeah, we can do it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna be Where around, are you leaving? I'll be around until uh, at least the 28th, maybe later. Well, listen, how about this? If something unfortunate happens tomorrow, how about the three, the Hanson boy, two of us, we all go out tomorrow night, or if not, maybe after uh, you bag some chips, hopefully, we'll, we'll go have a, a late meal maybe or something? Yeah, yeah. Bar- All right. What's tomorrow? Is that, a, is that a draggy? Is that a draggy? he's playing a solace of something? It's it's, it's, that, it's that extended the extended play no limit event. No, that's Monday drop. That is tomorrow is Monday. Yeah, tomorrow is Monday. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I I I, I got to end the show for that reason. But thank thank you, Hanson for kid for calling. We'll definitely get together here before I'm I'm out of yeah, here. Yeah, it's a good and, kid. Uh, and uh, I like this Hanson right, boy a lot, Drew. All right, thanks awesome, for calling you're in. The best. And uh, he's a good, he's a good kid. Drop. Yes, yes. I, I see big. I see. Like I said, after you, he's my favorite California player. <laughs> That's good. At least I'm number one. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, Wait, when- the show's over. It's a short show. It is. Well, so when's the next show? That's a fine question. And the answer is I don't know. It depends uh, when we can find time for it. Let me. Uh, Monkey. We already talked about the monkey. The monkey who played uh, a heads-up event for me. But let's uh, taking a look at um, my schedule. It it can be either I guess on the twenty third, the twenty fifth, the twenty sixth. One of those days, maybe even the twenty eighth. One of those days we'll we'll have it. Won't be the twenty third too soon, but maybe the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty eighth. I will announce it on twitter.com slash poker fraud alert. Twitter.com slash poker fraud alert will be. And, and, and drop, shout out to C Money. He, na- he nailed the. Uh, oh, yeah, C Money was such a genius. He, he bet, he had a, uh, a prop bet on 
Cleveland winning the whole thing that he made a while ago, he would he not would, hedge. He wouldn't hedge. He wouldn't hedge. He refused to hedge even with Golden State getting ahead by seven. He said, I'm just not hedging. I'm going to ride it. And LeBron did it for him. Actually, Kylie Irving did, but whatever. That's true. LeBron and Kylie Irving, yeah. Oh, by the way, they're here in Vegas actually at the win. I, I'm not kidding you. They're all here celebrating. Wait, the, this is, huh? they, they flew from Oakland to Vegas yeah, already? They're, they're here now. We got here like three wow. hours, two hours ago. They're all, <laughs> they're all at the win uh, in a private function. So what, they're, they're doing the, the limbo with you at the 80s club? Yeah. No, I'm in the mutts, but they're, well, uh, they're here. I'll, I'll tell you what, Brandon. Uh, before I... I uh, Hit the sheets here for going to sleep for the. Well, Jeff, I'm gonna come back up to the suite and see you. Oh, you're gonna come up. I'm gonna come down to see you, but if you're. No, I'll meet you up there. Okay. Well, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Ray, for listening for this uh, late and hastily scheduled show. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on straight from the club. And I got you the lobster. I have to be honest. You want a burger back for me? So it's only down to one now. Yep. I got. I got a burger back. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, and the one guy, he's been AWOL, but we'll talk about that next time. Yes. Shalom. Shalom.